Well, hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Sea Report. That's right. Today is Thursday, August 12th, 2021, and we are wrapping up this Thursday with another Sea Report coming right at you guys out of the gates. And I hope everyone is having a wonderful, a splendid Thursday afternoon. I know I am here at the Sea Report. It's been a rather relaxing week here at the Sea Household. I can't say why, but it has been. But still, nevertheless, the news and the current events and the show must go on as always. And uh, we are here again to bring you some of today's top stories and reports. Now, let me get myself a little set up here. I realize I was a, a few minutes late this after. Look at that. You see, my head was cut off. You see that? Anyways, look at you see. The coat goes all the way down. <laughs> it's not pretend. No, just kidding. I hope everyone's doing great this afternoon. I see you guys already populating into the chat rooms. Yes, we are live here today uh, on the Foxhole app, Twitch and Trovo, for any of you who are following us out there. And of course, always our Foxhole family. Good, oh, hello, 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 and a good evening. I hope you all are having a wonderful, wonderful Thursday day. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Pill by the Rabbit, safe travels, my friend. Make sure you keep your eyes on the road. And don't forget, never text if it's more than 10 thumb clicks, okay? More than 10 thumb clicks, you don't text, all right? If, you, if your message is more than 10 thumb clicks, then it can wait, okay, my friend? <laughs> Anyways, let's see who's already hanging out over there. Pill by the Rabbit, Aurelius Lock, Sherry Pittsburgh, Texas Gal. Good to see you, fam. Glad you guys are in the house today, as always, and hanging out. Uh, man, let me tell you what. So today wraps up the uh, Cyber Symposium uh, over there in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That is uh, the Mike Lindell-sponsored symposium that was supposed to shatter the world with so much news and events about the things that are going on uh, in the field of cyber uh, electronic fraud and theft uh, by way of the deep state and the globalists and those who stole the elections from President Trump, etc. and so forth. Um, um, but, you know, I, I have not tuned in in the last couple of hours, so I don't know. Did they drop a Moab yet? No, I'm not doubting them. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think it was um, uh, I think Seth Keschel had provided a whole bunch of really good information. There was another individual who's giving um, a discourse this evening and or this afternoon that was supposed to be like, whoa, you know, like these are this is what we're looking for, because, of course, as you guys may know. Or maybe you don't know, because if you guys have been watching the uh, Cyber Symposium via frankspeech.com, where they're just airing this thing live, uh, they're live streaming it the whole time. I know RSPN was also live streaming it, but Bannon's War Room, they have also been live streaming this uh, event. And um, so, uh, I, I, well, 
from what I understand, you know, um, even uh, Mr. Bannon himself had said on the air something to the effect that uh, this cyber symposium may have been somewhat of a mistake if Mike Lindell and his team were not going to provide the receipts for all of the claims that they made back in November and December of 2020 and into January 2021 about uh, the exact fraud that they had. Now, like I told you guys yesterday, I was waiting for them to show them, you know, the cables between America and Spain and Germany where all of our data was going over there. But I guess that wasn't part of the ticket. It was really cool seeing Sonny Borelli, Senator Borelli, and Senator Wendy Rogers, as well as uh, Representative Mark Fincham uh, from Arizona State Legislature on stage. That was cool. It was kind of cool seeing those are like the three amigos. Now, who was the other one? Kelly Townsend? I guess Kelly. I mean, I don't know. I never really heard about Kelly Townsend. I know she's played a pretty... Uh, um, a pretty pivotal role there, you know, um, in this entire process for the Senate. But uh, Senator Borelli and Wendy Rogers and Mark Fincham and Dr. Kelly Ward, those are the ones that I'm talking about. Those are the heroes that I've heard about this entire time when we're talking about uh, this election audit that's been taking place in Arizona. Well, we don't have any new news about Arizona for you guys tonight. Um, we are going to kind of recap a little bit of the drama that's been going on over at the uh, Cyber Symposium, as I suppose it will be seeing its close. Now, I'm, you know, now my brain and my mind are so caught up for what these receipts were. Um, you know, and the, uh, the other interesting thing I find about this, too, uh, because as you know, like OANN, and News Mask, you know, they were sued for covering this, right? And then um, on top of that, you have the Gateway Pundit covering this. You have Bannon's War Room covering this. But I'm not seeing any other of our independents out there covering this. I'm not seeing any of the, I mean, even if it was to be covered just as uh, an event, uh, not necessarily with a, uh, with a, um, how would you say, uh, with the subjectivity to it. If you were to just cover this objectively, I want to know why people like, you know, uh, the Epoch Times, Just the News, I want to know why they are not covering this. They should be covering this. Uh, regardless of whether or not they want to take an objective or subjective view, objectively speaking, as it is an event and it is something that is happening right now on the ground, I want to know why they're not covering it. You know, but even even things like the uh, the Arizona audit, uh, just the news and the Epoch Times were not covering right away. Um, let me see real quick if I go into my crystal ball, as otherwise known as the internet. Um, who else is not covering this? Because there are there are very there are specific uh, specific journals and different types of uh, you know websites that I'll go to to get my news and then you know aggregate it. Um, but who else is not covering this? Okay, so for example, you know Breitbart. That's another place that I do tend to look at my news. And they are not covering it. So it's happening uh, regardless of whether or not you might want to say there was an election fraud or not. I would like to know why they aren't at least mentioning it in their newspapers. You know, 
Like I said, Epoch Times, Just the News, Breitbart. We're going to call them out right now. Uh, let me see who else do I go to. The National File. I believe they are covering it. In fact, uh, the National File, I think I got the story from them that um, that uh, Mike Lindell was actually attacked last night at the end of day two of the symposium. Uh, so that is, uh, I, I, they are covering it to an extent. Um, they're not doing coverage by any means like uh, the Gateway Pundit is or, you know, Right Side, uh, right side Broadcast Network um, or... Uh, Steve Bannon's war room. You know, I'm actually quite happy that Mr. Bannon has uh, decided to go all the way with this, you know, because he talks about November 3, you know, or November 3rd, you know, and uh, it, it took him a minute to actually, I mean, yes, he covered some of the audit news. He covered some of the, uh, thank you, Don S. He covered some of the, um, he covered some of the the fraud and the, and the coup itself, right? Like that was always something that was like a story in Bannon's uh, purview. But he didn't really go hard on it until, I don't know, a, a few weeks into the Maricopa County, Arizona audit. And uh, that's when that's when he really started to turn his attention to it. And uh, I think I think for him, it might have just been a game of catch up. Uh, because the Gateway Pundit, man, they went to town on it, right? The Gateway Pundit went to town on it. The Sea Report went to town on it. Uh, day one of the Maricopa County um, audits, like we were on it from the minute that those ballots were being transported to the Veterans Memorial, Col uh, Memorial Coliseum on day one. And we've been covering it almost every day since then because there have been so many developments and so many fine parts and so many moving parts and so much minutiae to keep up with. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yes, indeed. Joyful June. Mike Lindell did put this together. He is a brave soul and he also invested a lot of money in this stuff. It's not cheap to run an event like that. So anyways, Hey Gary, happy belated birthday. Enjoy your dinner, sir. Um, but yes. Yeah, so, um, uh, anyhow, so as I was saying, <laughs> Tam Grell, what did you do that you deserve to go to the woodshed? My friend, <laughs> Oh, girl, you're only uh, we started five minutes late. So technically, you're only 10 minutes late. Don't you don't got to go to the woodshed. <laughs> Get the hence back over here with the rest of us. <laughs> Anyways. OK, uh, so as I was saying, yeah, so um, uh, anyhow, so uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as we go into it tonight. And we're talking, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit. And I was still actually going to check out real quick about uh, the, these receipts that someone's talking about. I saw somewhere that they're finally showing because 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 basically Steve Bannon was saying this entire symposium was a mistake if Mike Lindell was not going to show the hard evidence of. And I think it had to do with the whistleblower. And it seems that he had a few whistleblowers throughout the duration of this symposium. Uh, you know, we had uh, the whistleblower from Colorado um, who was supposed to speak. And, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't even know if they spoke, but I know I have it in my notes here somewhere. We know we have a bunch of data that was being released, you know, from uh, A1 Seth Keschel as a statistician. But then there was also data that who knows where Mike Lindell got this data from. 
Uh, but uh, apparently he has it. And that's what we're waiting for. That's what I think the people are waiting for. They're like, okay, Mr. Lindell, you have this data. Now tell us where you got it from and tell us how you know that it is true. Uh, because other than that, I know the other types of uh, bombs that are being dropped was uh, the fact that um, a lot of these Dominion machines were in fact connected to the internet, you know, and again, Mr. Bannon had this on his uh, uh, war room program where he was actually talking about our favorite constitutional lawyer, Matthew DiPerno, who is doing his work over in Antrim County. You know, one of the one of the members of this team that is fighting for election integrity and um, audits in all states. Well, I mean, you know, they're focusing on the five, but, you know, that's basically where that goes. Anyhow, we'll talk a little bit a little bit about that um, and uh, we'll just kind of uh, get everyone caught up with what's going on in the cyber symposium. I mean, today is the last day um, of that symposium. So we'll see what is up with that. Hey, let me do a quick roll call. So this way we can get everything, uh, we can get everyone squared away. Pilled by the Rabbit, Aurelius Locke, Sherry Pittsburgh. Good evening, y'all. Texas Gal, Disco Ball Chaser. How's it going, my friend? Joyful June and uh, iRobot61, Gary Flesner, Don S. Better Lately. How's it going, Mr. Better Lately? And Belushi. How are you doing, Mr. Belushi? Good to see you, sir. Um, so uh, just, just to reassure the friends in the chat. Okay. <laughs> Cause I think it was Texas gal. I asked the friends to remind me to email Belushi. I emailed Belushi. So Belushi, I hope you got my email, but I haven't checked my email today. So <laughs> my discord, I haven't checked my discord today. I'll do that. Uh, you dare me to do it now? <laughs> well, do you dare me to do it now? Oh goodness. Let me see what's up real quick. Because uh, we're just we're just getting settled in right now. Hey, Blonde Blue, thank you for gifting that phone of gold pills. Most definitely, do I appreciate you? Ah, uh, oh, okay, cool. All right, all right. So, uh, sounds like a plan, Belushi. Saturday night before you open up the lounge. Now, uh, what time do you open up the lounge on a Saturday night, Belushi? One a.m., two a.m., twelve a.m. Eastern time, right? What time zone are you? Let me know. Okay, so it looks like uh, looks like uh, we'll have uh, uh, looks like we'll have Belushi on with us. Uh huh. Texas gal smiling because she knows <laughs> she knows. I emailed Belushi, Texas gal. <laughs> Thank you for the reminder. Thank you for the reminder. But I did. So anyhow, um, all right. So we'll do that for sure. Hey, yeah, it'll be great. Uh, and then also looks like uh, Belushi will be opening up the lounge later on tonight. So if anyone's out late owl style, then uh, are you, what, what time zone are you, Belushi? Are you uh, central? Are you uh, central? You're 1 a.m. central? Dang, I didn't know you were in my time zone, boy. What? We time zone brothers. All right. That's cool. All right. So we'll chat with you for about an hour. Um, I'll have you right on when the show starts. If you want to hop on Saturday or if you want to do the whole thing, then, you know, we can reschedule it for another day. You let me know, but you told me you'd want to pregame. So why not? Let's pregame. Okay. Hey, maybe we should get TikTok on also and we can do that drinking game. What do you say about that? Anyways. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. Cool. I love it when people are positive. Okay, cool. Uh, so let's see what else we got going on here before I get off into too many tangents. Uh, let's see here. 
until the lounge. Uh, Gary, uh, Curly, Curly, Kaylee, eighty nine. Uh, good evening and welcome to the C chats here over at the C channel over at the Foxhole app. Good to see you in the house, Deborah Erdman. Good evening, ma'am. How's it going? How's it going? All right. Sounds good. Looks good. Feels good. Feels great. All right. Looking good. Feeling great. Looking good. Feeling great. That's what we say here, right? Okay. All right. So yeah, so, uh, you know, the whole cyber symposium, it'll be wrapping up today. I guess um, uh, we'll find out exactly. I mean, because I have not been paying attention to it in the last few hours, you know, dinner, final preps, getting all that stuff, that good stuff done. Uh, but I know it's been, I know it has been, I know it has been on and streaming everywhere. But uh, yeah, like I was saying, I just, I just find it weird that even some of our independents are not reporting on this just as a matter of fact that it exists. You know, when they're like, well, you know, there is a, there, there is an invention called television and that it exists, uh, that kind of thing. It's like, well, you know, regardless of whether or not you want to report on this cyber forensic uh, symposium thing, you know, it does exist. You could at least let the readers know it's happening, Epoch Times, Just the News, Breitbart, you know. Uh, we don't have to leave it to uh, the Gateway Pundit. I don't know. Are they afraid of getting sued? Are they afraid that this is uh, this is like a crackpot woo-woo festival happening in South Dakota? I don't know. I don't understand why they wouldn't at least acknowledge the fact that Mr. Lindell has a multi-million dollar symposium with all of these guests and delegates from around the country coming in and even internationally speaking to at least acknowledge the fact that it is happening couldn't couldn't tell you why epoch times could not tell you why but i'm just i'm just saying i am just saying all right so real quick from yesterday's chat uh wanted to do a shout out to the uh, gold pill donors irobot with the cookie 123 skg with the phone shanjo with the cookie liz garcia with the can cm thomas 07 um and you cm thomas i think that's the first time i've seen you come into the chats uh correct me if i'm wrong uh but thank you for the compliment great channel double heart um and then you know i love it you know i know how i love how you guys make uh make all the the former wallflowers or the newbies to the channel feel at home because cm thomas was on fire yesterday in the chats just chatting up with you guys so that was a great thing philly q uh thank you for gifting the cookie as well a grand day to you she says well thank you ma'am i appreciate that uh just be gifting the phone for use in an emergency and trust me the sometimes we have an emergency that makes me think of something else and I'll, i will talk about that in just a minute wc cranop gifting the phone um hey mr c um work from just v oh oh that was sweet of you wc cranop and country gal on the sea otherwise known as texas gal gifting the can um and don't forget to email belushi <laughs> I love it. Okay, so that's great stuff. Um, okay, so this emergency use on the phone. That was a little bit of chat about that yesterday. Um, I think it was, uh, was it Jonah Sark? Jonah Sark was saying, wait, did anyone else get the emergency alert test today? Am I the only one? And I had totally forgotten about it, that yesterday they were supposed to be uh, running an emergency broadcast system that everyone was saying was the end of the world. And everyone was saying, oh, it's going to be another false flag. And everyone was like, meh. And I was like, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about August 11th, but I guess if you guys trust your intel, it's going to happen. Um, but nothing happened. <laughs> Go figure, right? And um, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I didn't get I did not get an alert on on my system. Derailing said 
I saw a poll and only about 10% of people received the EBS alert today. So um, apparently it was it was uh, regulated to only about 10% of the population. Someone else in the chat said that it had to do with uh, people who were on AOC's hit list or her list or whatever list AOC hit. You know, AOC keeps all these lists. She's like, who am I going to hate today? Who do I love today? Who's my best friend like you know aoc just she's she you she look at her and she looks like she's a list girl you know what i mean like um uh, i don't know anyways we're not gonna even go into that but like um uh so i don't know to be to be to be sure like no one i know got any kind of electric uh, emergency broadcast system alert um uh when i thought about it actually i have an aunt who lives up in canada and uh, she's planning to come down if they're opening their borders or something like that. Uh, hopefully, I don't know. I- I'd have to check with my family on that. But some uh, they told me. I just can't remember right now. And um, what do you call it? She told me. Well, uh, my sister. I done heard from a friend of a friend. No, just kidding. They told me that that there were people here in my city who had received alerts yesterday. And the alerts told them to stay home and something about COVID, like it was out of control. Like it was, it was like doubling down. Everyone was dying. The hospitals were full. Like that's what they, that's the kind of um, uh, message that they received here. Like two people that someone from someone from someone knows here in my circle, like, I don't know, probably four, four degrees away from me or something like that. So I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I, I totally forgot about it until I reread the chats and people were mentioning it that there was supposed to be this uh, EBS doomsday, get ready for it, here comes the communists kind of thing, but I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. I could not tell you. I could not tell you. All right. Uh, Let's see. Look, I I got some intel coming in, guys. Here comes my source. It's my super secret, top secret source. Oh, the alert was on Friday. My bad. Never mind. I was My source just said, you stupid ass. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Anyways. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, God. Um, um, no, no, no. Let me see. Okay. Uh, let me do real quick roll call from yesterday. I, <laughs> I like to account for everyone present. Right. We had uh, Pilled by the Rabbit, Sergeant Sparky, iRobot61, Texas Gal, From Far Away, Sherry Pittsburgh, Derailing, 123SKG, Vanguard360, Tamgorel, Babsy Ice Queen, Flash Drive, Kid, Sean Joe, Free and Deed, Liz Garcia, Mac Giver, CM Thomas, 077, Joan of Sark, Aurelius Locke, Just V, The Speak and Easy, Philly Q, Love Warns, Vetton Moore, WC Cranop, Deborah Erdman, Yavapai Michael, Casual GG, Positive Vibe 72, Country Gal on the Sea, Shepherding Shepherd, Always in Texas, Seymour Butts, One Scott and Zena. We had a pretty good full house yesterday. I had a good time yesterday. Yesterday was a great time. Let me see if there's anything else from the chat recap I want to get to before we get into today's report. And as we move along, and I'll probably stop into the chat again real quick before it's all said and done with. Oh, yeah. Tam Growl had made this comment. Hey, Tam Growl. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read your comment from yesterday. Tam Growl said, M3 said the story changed to Lindell got raided. They found porn or something was like on his telephone. <laughs> I don't know about that, Tam Growl. Now, I'm not doubting the fearless leader, uh, but I did not see any stories about Mr. Lindell having porn on his phone. 
Um, I, I'm sure that he's a bit more, uh, um, a bit more uh, uh, tactful than someone like Alex Jones with his ta- uh, his tranny porn, you know, that kind of thing. And that that I saw that guys, I saw the clip. So I'm not just saying that Alex Jones had tranny porn on his phone. He had tranny porn on his phone. Okay. <laughs> I know what it looks like. Don't ask me how. All right. But um, um, uh, unless 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 what he had meant is that the like the mainstream networks like CNN or, you know, the Washington Compost or, or people like that, uh, you know, the New York Times, maybe they put out a story that said that there was porn on Mike Lindell's phone. But I didn't see anything about that. I went to go look for it. Um, I didn't see any stories like that unless unless it was like, you know, one of those those like flippant uh, entitled rogue CNN like news analysts that come out and they have like you know a 15 minute segment out of an entire 24 hour news cycle that was all well Mike Lindell this this and that I mean I could see that happening for sure I could see that happening for sure but uh, I did not see any of that in the headlines as I was reviewing them so I'm not so sure about that but uh, interesting information and good to know good to know Tam Grell gifts a can to Mike Lindell cheers Tam Grell, don't you know that he's sober? You cannot tempt him like that. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Deep Patriot, thank you for the gold pill donation. 114. I love it. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, it's always so much fun to see when people deviate from like the, uh, the, the uh, standard. It took me a while to figure out what the other ones were. But anyways, let me uh, jump into chat. And I got one more thing from yesterday's chat before we get into today's report. But let me see what you guys got going on today as we're uh, as we're going through today's news and current events. Uh, let's see here. Let me hold on to this little sticker here so I don't lose my spot. Uh... <laughs> Methods, what are you doing in the show? <laughs> He says, he says, that is not your decision to make, Mr. C. Off to the- <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. Hey, Methods, what's going on there, sir? Tamgrow, I've been vetoed, so <laughs> off to the woodshed you go. <laughs> that is too funny. How do you do that? He does that to me every time, guys. Every time. <laughs> Last time I, uh, last time I called, I don't remember what I did last time. I told him about it. I was like, I called, I called President Trump a doofus and you were in the audience. Like, what the heck? I didn't say that, but it was something to that effect. It was, oh my God, you're going to make me sweat methods. Like, <laughs> you're gonna, it's already hot enough in here as it is. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Let's see. <laughs> let's see what else. He's probably already dipped out, honestly, but it's okay. Hey, uh, it always does my heart well whenever any of the bosses stop in okay so uh where were we where were we um let me see here disco ball said something uh sherry gal lindell didn't show jack crap uh just his idea of the true votes for each state that's what i'm saying irobot uh, or I, yeah, iRobot61, like even steve bannon said the same thing he was like this is a mistake unless you show the receipts. You already told everyone about all this and information, and now you're just basically uh, spelling it out state by state, but you're not giving us the receipts. And I saw an article somewhere that said they show the receipts. And I, maybe it's in my report, and I just forgot. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, let me see what else we got here as I'm going down the list. Gary Flesner says, never show all your cards. 
Too true, Gary. But I, I feel like to put on a 72-hour symposium, you might have want to show some of your cards, right? But I mean, then again, I guess it is still a good idea to keep that poker face, right? Um, I find the timing quite convenient on the Colorado raid. It shut that segment down. Could have been epic info. That Yes, Texas gal, that's 100%. That's why I was saying so many people were disappointed with the fact that, including myself, I mean, I wasn't like disappointed, like, you know, cranberry, like disappointed. Like I wasn't going to hang myself or anything like that. Uh, because like I expressed to you guys yesterday, uh, the only reason why they could not drop that info is because of the raid. Uh, and then, and then you guys know that stuff that happened with, uh, with, uh, Ron Watkins, right. And, and during his speech, and we'll talk a little bit about that also as we move along today, because as it turns out, he was able to complete his delivery of that information. Um, and, and then again, all of this, I guess, is what they would have considered to be that bombshell news that proved beyond a shadow of a doubt. But interesting enough, I'm finding more articles and more news headlines coming outside of the symposium that would actually damn people like Dominion and not exactly everything that's coming out of Lindell. Now, again, what I'm saying is with this cyber symposium, maybe the entire point was just to get every state in this union to do a cyber forensic audit. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking that's what this is. I'm kind of thinking like this symposium was put together to light the fire under the arses of every state in this union. Of course, we already got five or six states are going for it. Texas just decided to vote. Well, no, 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 no. Take it back. Gateway Pundit said Texas voted on it, but that is not the case. That's not what I found in what I researched in regard to that. They did, uh, they did in fact, uh, pass um, some voting uh, uh, integrity um, uh, rules and laws, but they did not pass Steve Toth's uh, legislative bill. Now, we do have the governor of Texas supporting it, right? That is a fact. Uh, but there was not that bill has not been passed as of yet. The one that uh, Steve Toth submitted to Congress and to the well to the House. So uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that later on. And so that's what I'm saying. Like I really believe this cyber symposium was geared just to just to make every state in this nation to want to do a cyber forensic audit. Like that was the point. Okay, that was the point. They had 48 states represented. You know, they're in this uh, this pep rally of um, fraud and also of um, of recovering our country, you know, taking back our republic, uh, never letting them do this to us again. Uh, having speakers who have lived through it, like when they had the Maricopa County people, they had, you know, uh, they had Seth Keschel up there. You know, they've had so many people, you know, and so much evidence um, that maybe it's not it does not directly show that fraud. But it will most definitely encourage just like a giant. It's like a giant cyber uh, cyber forensic pep rally is what we're seeing. And so um, generally speaking, I think I think that's what the function of this entire uh, symposium was. In my opinion, the entire symposium was geared to get everyone to do a forensic audit in their state. And I guarantee it, guys, after this happens, that is exactly what we will see. I guarantee we will see every state doing it. Because before, before this, they were only going to do five or six states. Six states at the most. Six states is pushing it. They're going to do maybe three. But um, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. That's kind of my thought right now. That's how I'm going to keep my positive spin on this because I don't want to just uh, give up on Lindell and all of his efforts. He's, uh, he's done a lot of hard work. 
He suffered a lot. He spent a lot of money. So I'm not going to crap on a man who's uh, done so, so much work to bring so much to us. It just would not, it's not my style and it's, uh, it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's not classy guys. So anyways, okay. <laughs> let's see what else we got here in the chat before we get into our report today. Um, let's see. Thank you. Odon S. Uh, uh, Mike Lindell is so brave to put this together. God bless him. I would agree with that. God bless Mike Lindell. Um, let's see. Uh, yes. Texas gal. We'll talk about them in a minute. Uh, Lindell was attacked um, uh, M methods, uh, better lately is looking for the woodshed. If you don't mind showing him the way, um, and let's see here. <laughs> uh, he's such a nerd too. Love you, Mr. C. Oh, uh, thank you for the cookie. Check your discord says Belushi. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh goodness. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, just finished watching Muppet Jesus. He's my, who's Muppet Jesus. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, let's see. Yo, yo, lounge is open later. Blonde lady here with the phone. Uh, let's see. Curly Q. Hello, everyone. Text gal. How did I miss methods? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I was scrolling too fast. Hey, Deborah Erdman. How you doing? Uh, let's see. Probably Belushiri. Oh, uh, Blonde Blue. Be nice. <laughs> Be nice, Blonde Blue. <laughs> Be nice. Uh, send all schedule suggestions to... Oh. Oh. Yes, yeah, send all schedule suggestions to Belushi1 at protonmail.com. I couldn't resist. It's like a mom joke and never a joyful June. <laughs> I don't know. I just see Belushi's email going up on a bunch of chats all the time. So, oh, okay. So, Aurelius said that the symposium finished a few hours ago, a couple of hours ago. Okay. Um, let's see here. I want to go to Woo Woo Festival. Sounds like fun. Ah, yeah, a Woo Woo Festival would be fun. I think. Belushi said he wrapped his entire body in tinfoil. <laughs> that must have been fun. <laughs> Did you have any help? Uh, Dragon Energy 45 is in the house also. Good evening. My husband got the alert, but I didn't. He's an, he has an Android and I have an iPhone. Ah, maybe therein lies a the difference. Canadian Patriot wants to know if my Canadian aunt is hot. Uh, well, you can let Uncle Pops know. <laughs> You can let Uncle Pops know that she's spoken for. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess it would be a jerk to say no. But, I mean, I, I mean, it's my aunt. It feels, uh, it's my aunt uh, better lately. <laughs> uh, she is a beautiful woman. How does that sound? Okay. <laughs> okay. Don't mind the hockey guy. Uh -huh. Uh, Gary, you're supposed to be lurking. Uh, the don't understand hitting on family American a member American rules. Wait, they don't understand hitting on family member American rules. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we uh, we don't refer to. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on what part of the country that you're in. <laughs> but at least where I'm from, we don't refer to family members as hot. So beautiful, sure. Uh, um, 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 uh, phosphorescent. No, just kidding. Fluorescent? I don't know. The irony is Belushi was the friend of mine. <laughs> oh my goodness. She's technically not Canadian, but she lives in Canada for like, I don't know, uh, at least five years, maybe more than that. I'm not sure. Um, it's been a while. She's She's been stuck up there. Like She's like, we can't even go buy pottery because it's not essential. We can only buy like toilet paper and food. <laughs> she's like, we can't even go clothes shopping. <laughs> 
Oh man. I, I, I'm pretty sure she's on the opposite end of the country from you are. Uh, if you're, if you're more Western Canadian Patriot, I believe she's more uh, Eastern uh, Canada, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around Ontario or Quebec or something like that. Uh, Tam Grells, uh, oh yes, uh, thank you again for the gold pills. Day Patriot 1776, welcome, welcome. AOC always looked like she has Sanpuku eyes. What is Sanpuku eyes? Should I Google that? Should I go ogle that? WC Cranop, what's up? Swamp creatures tonight making dinner. Um, I don't think we do, but don't keep your keep your shades handy, WC. Because we might have some swamp creatures, but I, I think we we have less swamp creatures on tonight than we normally do. So uh, you should be safe. Avert thine eyes, my friends. <laughs> hey, Philly Q, what's up? <laughs> oh, here comes here comes more information from my inside source. Hold on. <laughs> Wherever the hell Barry is, Canadian patriot, that's where my aunt is. I don't know where Barry is. That's not a providence, okay. <laughs> That's a city or a town. Okay, Barry what? <laughs> I don't know. That's what my inside source says. My aunt lives in Barry. <laughs> hey, MacGyver, how you doing? Yeah, who is Muppet Jesus? Because uh, I think uh, Uncle Pops should meet Muppet Jesus. I bet you that would be a great show. Uh, Senator Wendy Rogers is spearheading is spearheading an interstate election integrity committee. Ooh, yeah, the FBI better not get involved with that. Isaiah Smith. Good evening, Isaiah Smith. I don't think I've seen you. In, uh, maybe I've seen you once in the chats before. We didn't see most of the stuff that went on there, says Isaiah Smith. Um, it was geared, it was geared to take action to, wait, 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 wait. Oh my goodness. The chat guys, I cannot read Isaiah's comment because the chat is moving. Um, it was geared for the cyber experts and politicians that were present. Oh, so guys, you see that Ontario. Okay. My aunt is in Ontario, uh, better lately and Belushi. Um, okay, so I like this. Thank you, Isaiah Smith. Now, that to me makes sense. Like, the Cyber Symposium was a cover for the behind-the-scenes work where they were showing all the data, the raw data, everything that they had, to all of the uh, representatives or the delegates from every state, which is why I'm telling you guys, look, Isaiah, we're almost on the same wavelength here, and we don't even know what the hell, right? I'm telling you, this cyber symposium was created to get all the states to do a cyber forensic audit. That is the purpose of the cyber symposium. So stop sitting there with your thumbs in your mouth and, you know, your butt clenched and stop being negative and stop being like, eh, they didn't drop any Moabs for us to talk about. Like, we don't need to, guys, we need to hold down the fort and hold down the faith. You know, we need to we need to we need to show people that there are still willing Americans and patriots out there that will talk about this stuff and support them no matter what. Um, and that's not that we're supporting them blindly. Obviously, we're not supporting them blindly. Obviously, there's some conviction and knowing and wherewithal within ourselves that brings us to this point. But they need us to stand behind them, just like President Trump needed us to stand behind him, just like the uh, senators in Arizona needed their people to stand behind them so that they could move forward and do what they do. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, uh, I, I mean, I would totally that that totally sparkles with me, Isaiah, that totally sparkles with me. Um, I don't know that to be true, but I can see that that to be the case. 
I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I will report it here first at the C-Report. Because I am totally fallible, guys. All right. So, anyways, uh, let's see here. What, why are you why are you pouting, Tamgrel? <laughs> why are you pouting? Oh my goodness. Uh, better lately. In case you didn't notice, this is as together as I get. Okay. <laughs> Jerry Z's, welcome to the chat room. How you doing? Um, let's see here. What else do we got? Uh, okay. Gina from West Virginia, good to see you. Glad to have you in the show chat today. Uh, she says, better lately, were you there this morning when someone, Patriot42, I think, congratulated cult leader on the new arrival this morning. Who arrived brand new this morning? Was there a new kitty? Meow. Congratulations, Mr. Methods, if that is the case. Uh, let's see, not to mention to show public more MSM false reporting. Yes, that too. WC Cranop has another good point. Not to mention to show the public more of the MSM false reporting as they were all invited. There you go. We're seeing more stuff that's coming on and out, guys. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is long game strategy. This is where we got to expose everybody. And there's no better way to expose them than just by being yourself and let them talk crap while you're, uh, you're you know, you're doing your thing. You know, like, they're just there talking crap. And uh, they might think they're being cheeky. They might think they're being, uh, they think might think that they're being, uh, I don't know, smart. Uh, but everyone can see right through it. And that's the thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. And iRobot, thank you for the cookie as well. You guys are most awesome. Hey, Tracy Lee, 55, five. Haven't seen you in a minute. 17 Angels, good to see you again. All right, guys, I think that we're caught up with today's chat. Oh, Sean Joe, you had to bring up Dan Crenshaw, didn't you not, Sean Joe? Oh, Dan Crenshaw, I don't give a damn what you did in the past, my friend. When that man went and supported red flag gun laws, I said, this guy, no, 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 no. I don't care if he's got a patch on his eye. I don't care if he's like a young buck redneck uh, conservative from Houston. I don't give a damn. When this man said he was going to support red flag gun laws like two or three years ago, I said, you watch out for that man. You watch out for that man. And now what do we see? This man does not even believe. He does not even believe that this was a stolen election. Screw you, Dan Crenshaw. Uh, I'm glad that you're finally showing everyone exactly who you are because I saw that crap coming a mile away. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get into today's C-Report. Thank you for sitting through that opening chat recap. Uh, you know how we do. Oh, I forgot there was one last thing. Okay, I'm sorry. There was one last thing. Let me get this on the screen. And uh, I think Speak Uneasy is, um, I think he's at work. <laughs> I think he's at work. So he's not going to get to see this because this is directly related to Speak Uneasy. Now, Janet Yellen, guys, you remember yesterday that we had, uh, we were talking about Janet Yellen, right? You remember Janet Yellen, the former head of the Federal Reserve Central Bank of America turned the secretary treasurer underneath Biden's administration? <laughs> that one, Janet Yellen. You remember yesterday when we were talking about Janet Yellen and her lips? <laughs> Here, let me put it on the screen for you guys. Let me put it on the screen for you guys. Do you remember who I'm talking about? Are you ready, guys? Janet Yellen. No, not you. Let that sink in for a minute. Janet Yellen. Okay, so yesterday... 
<laughs> no, no, no. This has happened a few times, okay? Speak on Easy keeps on saying Benny Hill, okay? <laughs> Every time I show the picture of Janet Yellen, he says, is that Benny Hill? And I was like, who the hell is Benny Hill? I mean, <laughs> does this look like Benny Hill? Do you think that Janet Yellen and Benny Hill look the same? Look, one more time. I don't know, guys. You tell. <laughs> Only on the Sea Report will we have a lookalike match for Janet Yellen and Benny Hill. I'm telling. I don't know. I guess it's close. I had no idea who the hell Benny Hill was, so I had to look it up. And, uh,. <laughs> All I know is Janet Yellen looks like she talks with a lisp in that uh, picture, and that's why we did that yesterday. It was fun. I had a great time. Uh, I think you guys did too. All right, guys, let's get into the C report. We're already getting long-winded. And not we're not breaking wind, but we're getting long-winded. Okay, so, all right. Uh, we have a few statements from Senor Presidente, El Presidente Trump, Donaldo. <laughs> President Donaldo Trump. No, just kidding. Uh, President Trump, the 45th president, 45th president of the United States of America. Here's what he had to say in his first statement for today. Had our 2020 presidential election not been rigged, and if I were now president, the world would find that our withdrawal from Afghanistan would be a conditions-based withdrawal. I personally had discussions with top Taliban leaders, whereby they understood what they are doing now would not have been acceptable. It would have been a much different and much more successful withdrawal, and the Taliban understood that better than anyone. What is going on now is not acceptable. It should have been done much better. I don't know. Um, I haven't followed too much of what's going on over there in ye old Afghanistan. I know that uh, Biden's been going in there dropping bombs and bombs and bombs and missiles. And now everyone is basically evacuating. Uh, the heads of Afghanistan are evacuating because Taliban's coming. They're getting ready to... Uh, they're getting ready to... Um, to uh, get uh, to get all the people from the embassies out of there. Apparently, the Marines are going in. Doesn't look too good. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that uh, um, Secretary of Defense uh, Lloyd Austin is is very happy with what's going on over there in Afghanistan. I'm pretty sure Raytheon and all of his other companies that he sat on the boards for, and even though he's not on them anymore, and and even though he's supposed to keep himself separate them for like what four to five years, eight years maybe at the most, after he's retired as Secretary of Defense, I'm pretty sure that they're all pretty happy with what's going on there because you know more war, more missiles, more money towards the military industrial complex. I'm pretty sure that all has a part to play with it. Uh, but most definitely, uh, even though the news is not necessarily reporting on it, we are not seeing a president of peace in Herr Biden, uh, who can't even seem to follow directions from his handlers. I know you guys saw that video. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. I was like, boy, when did Saturday Night Live, whom I loathe, when did Saturday Night Live start writing skits for the president? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay, I cannot stand Saturday Night Live. I don't know who can. Personally, I would question someone's taste if they were uh, 
people who enjoyed things like Saturday Night Live, Parks and Recreation, or even The Office. All right. It's all about arrested development, y'all. Okay. Endorsement. A new endorsement comes from President Trump for Derek Van Orden. Derek Van Orden is running for Congress in Wisconsin's 3rd Congressional District. Derek is a former Navy SEAL senior chief who bravely served and defended our country. He strongly always supported our military veterans, law enforcement, and he will always fight for secure borders, the Second Amendment, and our incredible farmers. Derek has my complete and total endorsement. All right, so now we have some endorsements coming up for the state of Wisconsin. So much going on in Wisconsin right now, right? So much going on in Wisconsin, so I guess it would be good to note exactly, uh, you know, who it is that uh, President Trump is putting his endorsement behind, uh, but also it kind of makes you wonder what's so important about this third district, right? Let's see if we can figure that out real quick. Who is the third district of Wisconsin? Hmm, let's see here, photos. Let's see the photos, darlings. So that is the third district of uh, this. That's a pretty big area right there. All of this right here. District three of Wisconsin, La Crosse, Eau Claire, Hudson, Stevens Point, Prairie Duchenne. Mm-hmm. Now, if you could get into places like where Madison is or Green Bay, geez, uh, you know that those those places were totally just let me exit full screen here totally just taken over during the whole election debacle back in 2020. Interesting, interesting stuff right there. Next statement from President Trump. The people of Wisconsin, ooh, we're getting back to Wisconsin again. The people of Wisconsin are lucky to have a strong and great leader like Representative Janelle Branchen, who issued subpoenas for Brown County, which includes Green Bay, and Milwaukee County, which includes Milwaukee, and all of their election evidence and so-called results. Wisconsin shows many, to put it mildly, signs of cheating in the 2020 election, and people want answers now. We still don't know why Michael Spitzer Rubenstein, oh yeah, you call him out, daddy, uh, a New Yorker, had multiple keys to the election day counting rooms and a city Green Bay employee ID when records show he was never employed by Green Bay. All right, let's put a pause right there because President Trump has just called out Michael Spitzer Rubenstein. Do you all remember who Michael Spitzer Rubenstein is? Because we talked about him here at the Sea Report back in uh, May. <laughs> I don't expect you to remember. Okay, so Michael Spitzer Rubenstein is the head of the National Vote from Home Institute, okay, who is underneath the umbrella of the Center for Tech and Civic Life who had their funding given to them by Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, some Chinese lady, right? So this, this is Zuckerbucks, guys. Now, here's the big whoop. Okay, here's the big whoop in case you guys forgot. In case you guys forgot. The Racine, I mean, I keep saying the Racine 5. There's something about Racine, Wisconsin. I don't know. Maybe it's because the Racine, uh, the Racine uh, I don't remember what they were called. Because Racine fought the Georgia Peaches <laughs> in a league of their own. Okay, uh, because because Kit was traded to the Racine. Anyways, okay, so let me tell you again about the Wisconsin Five. 
I'm sure you guys remember, but since President Trump is bringing it to our attention, we'll talk a little bit about it. Okay, the Wisconsin Five. Now that is Racine, Milwaukee, Green Bay, Madison, and Wisconsin. (laughs) Kenosha. Okay, Kenosha. All right, Kenosha, Green Bay, Milwaukee, Madison, and Racine. That is the Milwaukee Five. Now, when we have this Milwaukee Five happening, what we found out through emails that were leaked is that the mayors of these five cities got together. Okay, the mayors of these five cities got together. Well, actually, it was like, I think it was the mayor of either Madison or Green Bay who ended up getting the uh, National Vote from Home Institute funded by Mark Zuckerberg underneath the umbrella of the Center for Tech and Civic Life, right, to get this guy, a Democrat operative, Michael Spitzer Rubenstein, to basically run their election in their municipality, okay? So then this mayor, it was either of, like I said, Green Bay or or Madison, this mayor gets on the horn with the four other mayors in this Wisconsin Five, right? And they're like, look, just in case you want to know, like this Michael Rubenstein guy, he's a pretty upstanding fellow and uh, he'll help you run your election. So basically what ends up, what ends up happening here is Michael Spitzer Rubenstein ends up basically running the elections in these five major municipalities in the state of Wisconsin. And according to their city charters, it is the job of the county clerk to do that. So they violate their city charter. They violate their state constitution. All right. And now and now, as Mr. President Trump points out, this uh, Democrat operative New Yorker who's being funded by Mark Zuckerberg, you know, proxy proxy wise, you know, he has had he had keys to the kingdom. He had keys to the Election Day counting rooms. You know, he was considered an employee of, and it had to have been in Green Bay is the one I keep saying Green Bay or Madison where he first came. He was first introduced to the five had to have been Green Bay because apparently he was being listed as an employee of Green Bay when records never show that. This is very, very interesting, guys. So this is this is a whole hinge for Wisconsin. Now, when we're talking about everything that's going on in Georgia, like all of the fraud that's been coming up and coming up, and it's like, how can you, how can they even, they need to go into an audit so this way they they know 100% all of the ground facts of exactly how they took over the state of Georgia. But based on all of the evidence and everything that's coming forward right now, they don't need to. They could flip it without an audit is what I'm saying, but they need to do an audit so they know exactly how they did it if that makes sense. So based on the whole fact that this Michael Spitzer Rubenstein totally ran these elections, breaking the city charters and breaking the state constitution, then they could just flip Wisconsin. But that's, that's, I guess that would be the easy route to go. I guess you have to go through litigation, right? And all of that uh, red tape bureaucrat stuff. Anyways, back to President Trump's statement. A Milwaukee election employee even acknowledged dropping off just the margin of ballots needed for Biden to win at 3 a.m. The great American experiment cannot withstand corruption. We must demand our elected officials follow the law and we must hold them accountable. All eyes are on Wisconsin as they begin their election audit. Hopefully, Republican Speaker Robin Voss Wah, wah, wah. That's not going to happen. Um, hopefully, Republican Speaker Robert Robin Voss has the integrity and strength Wisconsin needs to support Representative Branchen's efforts. Our country is counting on it. Okay, and now we all know that Robin Voss is not going to support. We all know Robin Voss. He'll probably put up some resistance. 
pardon me, if not be somewhat reluctant. Now, we know that the only reason why President Trump is calling out Robin Voss, he's not calling out Robin Voss because he has faith in this rhino. He's calling out Robin Voss to put the spotlight on him so that people know who they need to look at when this thing falls apart. When uh, people need to know who is not supporting Representative Branchin, you need to look to Speaker Voss, the friend of what? He was a friend of uh, who's the blue eyes guy that everyone was in love with. Um I can see his face, but I can't think of his name. You guys help me out here. He was a speaker, blue eyes, black hair, Kendall face. I can't remember his name. Anyways, he was that guy's friend. Um, and uh, well, actually, he, he was a friend of a guy who was on his staff. And now it's like a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. No, no, no. But Robin Voss, he's in, he's total rhino. He's total rhino guy. Uh, he's not a bit, but thank goodness President Trump's putting the spotlight on him. But Speaker Voss, no, 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 no. It's a good thing that everyone now has their eyes on him because uh, he's already done so much damage over there in the state of Wisconsin. He's already wasted so much time and taxpayer money over there in the state of Wisconsin. I just think that's uh, pretty interesting. All right. Last statement there from President Trump. Why are rhinos standing in the way of a full forensic audit in Michigan? Hmm. The voters are demanding it because they have no confidence in their elections after the rigged 2020 presidential election um, scam. Michigan's Republican state legislatures should be ashamed of themselves for allowing this horrible situation to happen. In particular, the incompetent rhino majority leader, Mike Shirky, and Senator Ed McBroom. Maybe McBroom is really a Democrat who could not otherwise get elected in northern Michigan. Our great Michigan voters will not stand for Republican seniors, senators, not to act on the crime of the century. It is rhino hunting season, ladies and gentlemen. It is rhino hunting season. And indeed, I think McBroom was one of the names behind that uh, audit report that just totally failed the people, totally failed the country, totally failed the Constitution. Um, and uh, yeah, total rhino. They're all coming out, guys. Just like uh, Mike Lindell said during his symposiums, we are blessed that this happened because then we would never know. Okay, we're blessed that we have 19 senators voting for the infrastructure package, which is the Green New Deal commie roll in. Right. Because then we would never know. All right. Like they're making them they're making their betrayal so self-evident that we are now at a point where we can and will say something. That's the thing that they don't seem to understand is that they can keep on going business as usual, hoping that the American people aren't paying attention. But what they don't realize as the awakening has been so great and it's not over yet, right guys, the great Awakening's not over yet. And like I said, it's not limited to the shores of the United States of America, but, but keeping that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, keeping that in mind, it is, it has happened so vastly that people are now awake to holding them accountable. And that is the piece of the puzzle that they are not used to. They're not used to being held accountable for what they've done. They're used to just people kind of sweeping it over and being like, oh, well, you know, but that's not happening anymore. So right now is, is the perfect moment in time for these people to expose themselves and get voted out. 
And if everything goes accordingly with the uh, with the election integrity um, options that were being laid out before us, the legislation, the laws, the audits, come 2022 and beyond, they will not be able to do it again. Their tricks and deceit will no longer work, and that will be the end of the road for these losers. And uh, I know I would be grateful for it. I'm pretty sure you guys would be too. All right, that was the final statement from our President Donald Trump this afternoon. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the drama that's going on over at the Cybersecurity Symposium. Okay, so now apparently it's finished. Uh, it's over with. Bah, no mas. It's gone. Es todo, right? Okay, so um, uh, how many bombs were dropped? Mm. <laughs> I think there was a pretty big bomb that came out of Michigan today um, in regards to... Uh, the connectivity uh, to Wi-Fi with the Dominion machines. Now that was a pretty big bomb, you know. Um, now, as uh, someone in the chat uh, had pointed out, this entire thing uh, was more for because don't forget, guys, there are there were breakout rooms. They had breakout sessions, so that makes sense, Isaiah. You are one smart cookie, Isaiah. Okay, so like um, uh, that there were breakout rooms, so it would make sense that. This symposium shared all this information and, and you know, we, we, uh, we news commentators and we reporters were like, we wanted to share really big stories today. We wanted to share stories that changed the world. Look at us sharing our stories, you know, like that's basically what, I mean, it, uh, people, it sounds like that, that's kind of what it sounds like. Like people were pissed off at Mike Lindell because they didn't give us any good stories to share. Well, you know what? Sharing the story of the cyber symposium should be enough. Okay. Because you know what? They're the ones on the front lines. People like me are just sharing this story, you know, with other individuals. I'm not breaking any news here. I am just sharing these events, you know. So that's maybe the hat we should put on, right? Okay, so, uh, but I like that, you know, with these, uh, with these breakout sessions that this is going to light the fire, stoke the flames, Get the Kindle a burn in, right? When we're talking about getting forensic audits in every fifty, uh, every one of the fifty states in this union, like that's what that—that's what this is to me. That's exactly what this symposium is all about. Because prior to this, like I said, we were having forensic audits in like five or six different places. Okay, and then we have other states that are calling for cyber forensic audits. Texas is the newest one. That's totally. It that looks like we're going to go for it, guys. It looks like Texas is going to go for it. It. So, um, so that's what I'm talking about. But now because of this, we will have a serious consideration by at least 48 of 50 states to have a cyber forensic audit. And we may not be privy to the information that uh, they are sharing at the cyber symposium with those delegations in breakoff sessions. But as one Mr. Flesner said in the chat room, you don't show all your cards, okay? You don't show all, you know, the only ones who leak are the left. The only ones who leak are the bad guys, okay? We don't show our tactical moves here when we're trying to win a war. And that's just the way it goes. And if that means that your report suffers, go find some other news to talk about, right? That's what I had to do, okay? So anyways, um, let me see here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this drama. What is going on here? Oh, my bad. 
I just totally ruined my entire report. Okay. So um, as I reported, as I stated earlier, <laughs> um, apparently Mike Lindell was attacked yesterday at the close of the cyber symposium for day two. Now, this was reported from Right Side Broadcasting, uh, and actually I saw him talking about it too, so I guess I could talk about it like second person or whatever. But uh, Mike Lindell said to the crowd that he had been physically assaulted following the close of day two of the Cyber Symposium. Apparently, this was at his hotel, I think is what he said. Um, according to Lindell, he was attacked and punched in the ribs. Last night, Liddell spoke to the crowd on Thursday, telling them, I'm okay, but it hurts. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that's what the case was. I think it was around where his hotel is or something like that. But Lindell was apparently assaulted. No other information was given in that regard. Uh, whether they tracked down the assailant, uh, charges were being pressed, if this is just an anonymous attack. Uh, he sounds a little hoarse whenever I was watching him today. Um, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Uh, but indeed, that was not the only bit of information that was happening. Now, of course, um, there was more information that had come out. Apparently, some more drama. Uh, we had another individual's house being raided yesterday. Now, if you remember Tina Peters, the county clerk. Now, her house was not raided, but her county clerk office was raided. It was raided by members of the uh, governor's, I guess, infiltration team, whoever works for the governor. And, and allegedly, apparently also people from Dominion were also present during this raid and they were not allowing any of the uh, county clerk, Tina Peters staff to be present. Uh, apparently she had like an, a deputy clerk or an assistant clerk or something uh, who basically is in charge whenever Tina Peters is not in town. And they did not even allow her access into the office while the raid was going on. So there's no telling what was going on in there <clears throat> or what they were touching or what they were doing. But apparently this happened again. Um, now, Mike Lindell had told the crowd that an associate of Tina Peters, again, Tina Peters is the Mesa County clerk, an associate of Tina Peters had his home raided by state officials. Uh, the man has four children and they took all of his computer equipment. Um, and apparently uh, Colonel Philip Waldron, if you guys were watching as well, he also addressed this to the conference in regarding the conference being infiltrated. So this I found very interesting also, guys. Now, a lot of drama, right? A lot of drama happening in real time uh, and, and sh being shown to everybody. Uh, but apparently uh, Colonel Waldron um, spoke with the audience about infiltration occurring at the symposium itself. So we have, uh, we have the county clerk of Mesa County being raided. We have Mike Lindell getting assaulted. We have uh, Ron Watkins' um, uh, uh, time, uh, what do you call it, his uh, connection going down. We have the entire cyber symposium starting an hour late. We have, uh, we have uh, not only was Ron Watkins' um, uh, connections being lost, Lost. Then Ron Watkins was also put on hold because apparently someone had stolen the hard drives from the state of Colorado and his lawyer told him to cease and desist. And now we have someone else getting raided from the County Clerks Association. And now we have infiltration into God. There's a lot of drama, right? I know it's drama. 
But I like to say drama. Anyways, like pasta. I don't say pasta, but I say pasta. But drama, drama, pasta, pasta. Anyways, okay. So uh, this is what Colonel Waldron had to say. Very astute and intelligent man. In addition to the red team starting to receive credible threats about two weeks ago, we detected disruptors inside trying to be people ejected. Really radical folks outside trying to penetrate. We got folks exchanging badges in the parking lot. That's press badges. We've identified those agitators and provocateurs by photo imagery, validated their social media platforms. The big end game is to discredit all of the legislators who are here to listen. They are obviously trying to ruin a message that Mike is trying to get out. So this is typical insurrection activities. This is part of the color revolution. Again, this statement totally resonates with me to what what the purpose of this symposium is. This symposium wasn't for people like me to report on all of the big Moabs, right? Like, I mean, and then get deflated when nothing happens and then just be like, oh, screw you, Mike Lindell. You used me. <laughs> it wasn't for me, guys. And it wasn't for you. And it wasn't for us. It was for the delegates. It was to light the fire under their butts. We need to stand behind them. Am I making myself clear here, guys? Like, for everyone who's going to be a black pill naysayer out there who's like, ah, they didn't even say anything. Uh, they didn't drop any valuable information. They said everything that we already know. We already knew this. Screw Mike Lindell, right? That's exactly the negative energy that the globalists want you to succumb to. So you know what? You can go ahead and remove yourself, okay? But in the meantime, this was for the delegates, okay? Maybe not all the representatives from these states heard this information in November and December. Maybe they weren't able to. Maybe they were not in office when it happened. This was for them, ladies and gentlemen. It was not for us, okay? It was for them. And then Mr. Uh, Colonel Waldron's statement here about these infiltrators, whether they were press or agitators or agent provocateurs, were there simply to discredit the delegates, those who came in to hear this symposium, it says a lot right there, guys. What were these people planning? What were they doing? All that kind of thing. You know, we need to, I don't know. I'm just going to go off into the tangent that I don't need to go off into right now. I can save it for Mr. C in the dark. Uh, we don't got to do this right now, Mr. C. Okay. All right. <laughs> I just, I just get so, it just, it touches me in such a way, ladies and gentlemen, when the egos of some people just... I don't understand it. We're here to fight for America. We're here to back up the patriots who are fighting harder than we are. You know, we are not here to take up the spotlight and the glory is kind of what I'm saying. Like we are here to support them. That's why I am here sharing this information to you guys. So I can show my support to Donald Trump, to Mike Lindell, to Sidney Powell, to Wendy Rogers. This platform is supporting those people. Okay, it's not to glorify my my white blazer. Okay, <laughs> like that has nothing to do with it. This is just part of the presentation. All right, I hope I'm not going too hard, guys. Like if I am, put a one in the chat. Ah, don't do that. Don't you dare put a one in the chat. Okay. Anyways, let's move on, guys. Okay. So uh, what else? Uh, we talked about Code Monkey Z, uh, who's uh, who? I, I mean, I prefer to call him by his real name. Because, you know, I have a thing against avatars. So uh, Ron Watkins, okay, Ron Watkins, 
Uh, I don't think he would be, I don't care if he's offended if I called him Ron Watkins instead of Code Monkey Z. Um, but anyways, Ron Watkins, okay. So uh, like we said, Ron Watkins, he had a couple of hiccups during his presentations. He did multiple. He did a few discourses uh, at the symposium. Uh, we know the first time that he was on, he was talking about, well, his entire like thing was disconnected, like his communications were disconnected, right? Then Ron Watkins make it, makes it onto the stage. And we were kind of talking about this yesterday, right? We were kind of talking about this yesterday. And um, this had to do with the fact that, um, pardon me. Uh, uh, one of the Mesa, Mesa County clerk's office had had the hard drive stolen out of their offices. Okay. And so then, uh, Ron Watkins, um, a lawyer, Ty Clevenger told him that he could not deliver the, uh, he could not talk about the data. They could not have that discourse. He couldn't share it with them because, um, they, there's legal legalities with the hard drives being stolen. And then you had the other host on stage and he was like, that's not true. Tina Peters said it wasn't true. And then they're like, we'll get Tina Peters, uh, you know, get her lawyer on the phone. And Ron, Ron Watkins is like, well, now I'm confused. Soy boy. Uh, and so basically, um, what happened, what way, the way that ended up, ladies and gentlemen, is is that um, it was not true, okay? Um, um, the uh, hard drives were not stolen, um, and it was not a criminal issue for Ron to report on the findings that they had. So they actually did end up going through with that entire discourse. Now, on Tuesday night, as I said, Mesa County, Colorado, Tina Perkins, uh, Tina Peters stepped forward as the whistleblower behind Ron Watkins' explosive report on Dominion voting machines last week. Tina Peters leaked documents to Ron Watkins last week before the planned Lindell Symposium. That's what we were seeing on Gateway Pundit, where it was all Code Monkey Z is uh, Superman, right? And so, um, anyways, so... Uh, Again, he had told he had told the crowd that he couldn't deliver it. They ended up confirming that the hard disks were not stolen from Mesa County Clerk, uh, County Colorado, um, and that also the hard drives were never removed. Hard drives were never removed from the county clerk's office. Copies of the hard drives were released. There was no stolen hard drives. Okay, um, and in fact, Attorney Ty Clevenger also confirmed. The files were not stolen and are, um, and, um, you know, I guess whatever was on those files as, uh, Ron Watkins disclosed would be very devastating to Dominion systems. So I don't know why Ron Watkins would get on stage and tell him that his lawyer told him that he could not proceed. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, a lot of people trust this guy, Ron Watkins, um, I could, I could tell you my first impressions of him based on a gut feeling, but I'm not gonna because this is not Mr. C in the dark. And I've already gone off on far too many tangents this evening. Okay, so uh, let's see what else we got here moving forward into the symposium. Dominion again. Okay, so there was some breaking news. And again, this is the kind of stuff that to me is more breaking. Like this is the stuff that uh, this is the stuff for us, right? Because uh, the stuff over at the symposium was there for the delegates that were there to start the forensic audits in their own state. Like that was the purpose of that. It had nothing to do with me and you. It was just being put on display so everyone else could see it. And probably also to protect them, if you think about it. 
to also protect them because uh, there's no better way to protect yourself than staying in the light of public scrutiny, right? So maybe that's the reason why this was televised. Maybe they didn't need to have this televised, but they did to protect themselves, okay? All right, so moving right along from that, now that we've uh, digested that little bit of uh, the, the uh, subjective opinion, right? Um, so uh, it, has been, it has been discovered that Dominion employees were actually working in the voter registrar's office there then and don't you know in mesa county colorado huh so we have dominion employees working in the county clerk's office the same office that they have now raided okay because apparently uh tina peters leaked these passwords back in may on the internet which to me makes no sense i think that's all the cover I think that they are covering for they're trying to they're trying to say that Tina Peters is not a whistleblower by saying that someone leaked them back in May. So that this way it would totally make Ron Watkins big discovery a null and void. Like you'll just be like, well, it's moot because apparently these were leaked back in May. So this is not a whistleblower so that they're going to try and take the wind out of their sails. They're going to try and remove the wind from beneath their wings is basically what it kind of sounds like is going on here. Um, now, all of that story is still developing with the Secretary of Snakes, Jenna Greswald, and her office and Dominion in Colorado. Like that story's not yet been resolved. But what we do now know is that Dominion employees were in fact in the office of the voter registrar in Mesa County, Colorado. Okay. Now this was also discussed during the cyber symposium. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, we have uh, one of the presenters by the name of Mark Cook who announced this fact. Now, this is what Mark Cook had to say. He said, it was just discovered that two Dominion employees work at the Sacramento County Voter Registrar. Why would Dominion employees be working at one of our voter offices? It was confirmed at a Board of Supervisors meeting. So I apologize. It was not Mesa County. It was Sacramento County. Dominion was only supposed to build the machines. They should not be working on the inside of our elections and our voter registration rolls. Hmm. Pretty curious, huh? Let's see what we have going on here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what influence did these Dominion insiders have on the results? That's a good question. Uh, but I think the thing that we'll find more interesting here is this is not the first time we have seen Dominion employees or people who have been associated with Dominion working on the inside. Okay, so this is just an example of the Dominion uh, employees working at the gra at the local level. Like we have Dominion employees working at the local state level. You know, so we're seeing that these guys are infiltrating in a lot of places as well. But as I said, it's not the first time. Now, if you guys remember, we talked about this woman back in, God, when did we talk about her? It had to have been around May. It had to have been around May that we talked about Jessica Bauer. So this is a little bit of a refresher. If you guys don't remember, when we we're talking about uh, EAC, the Election Assistance Commission, which again is a commission that was relatively new. I think 2013 is about the time that it came around. Uh, severely understaffed, um, um, severely underfunded, and the acting CIO at the time, or the head CIO, uh, chief information officer, was this individual, 
That's Jessica Bowers. Okay, so Jessica Bowers, uh, it says here, joined the EAC testing and certification program as a senior election technology specialist in May 2019. She manages voting systems, testing, and certification projects, as well as the assisting and development of new voluntary voting systems. Prior to joining the EAC, she was the director of certification for a voting system manufacturer. Do you see that, guys? Oh, you can't see it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't see it because this thing is blocking it. Hold on. Okay. Do you see right here? Prior to joining the EAC, she was the director of certification for a voting system manufacturer. Do you guys know who that voting system manufacturer was? Well, by gosh, by golly, it was none other than Dominion. Okay. Now, Jessica Bowers served on with Dominion for 10 years. She worked with Dominion for 10 years. And all of a sudden, she's one of the top personnel at the EAC. And these are the people who choose who's going to uh, audit their elections, right? They chose ProVNV and SLI, those two accredited auditors, okay? And we've talked about this at length, guys, about these two accredited auditors, right? We have, uh, have uh, ProVNV and SLI. All that, they are, all that they are certified to do is to certify that the machines work. They are not certified to actually do a forensic audit, okay? But this woman, she was with Dominion for 10 years before getting into the EAC, this revolving door much, right? So we've seen Dominion do this stuff before. We shouldn't be surprised that they're actually at the local level in I, you know, maybe we should check into all of the states and find out exactly how many different states that uh, Dominion workers are actually working within the election, uh, the election, the election um, uh, uh, agencies within our states, you know. So anyways, uh, well, who is it here? What do, we, what do we got here from this? Um, this this report broke on this Jessica individual from a man named Jeff Carlson at the Markets Works. He created this report. Uh, he said in the report, a deeper look into the certification process used for the machines, however, reveals that the main certification agency in the United States, the Federal Election Assistance Commission, maintains an unacceptably small staff, and one of its chief employees is a former executive of Do uh, Dominion Voting Systems. Now, according to Carlson, uh, this Jessica Bowers actually represented Dominion in Pennsylvania's certification of voting machines. So, oh, dang this revolving door. Dang, uh, you know, dang uh, these unethical practices. Dang that these are, these are totally, uh, these are totally, uh, you know, unethical things that they're doing here. It, it, it calls it to question, you know, it calls it to question integrity. Okay, because apparently Jessica Bowers doesn't just serve on the EAC. Apparently, when she was with Dominion, she assisted the state of Pennsylvania in certifying the Dominion machines. Again, 
the certifiers certify themselves. The auditors audit themselves. Like the people who do the work audit themselves. Like this is not the way it's supposed to work. And they've been trying to pull this wool over our eyes for so long. Okay. It says here, Kathy Bookvar. Now, Kathy Bookvar is no longer the secretary of snakes in Pennsylvania. Now they got another snake over there. Okay. But Kathy Bookvar, she did a lot. She was, a, she, she did a number over in Pennsylvania, but apparently according to this Carlson report, Kathy Bookvar, just two weeks after she was appointed as Pennsylvania Secretary of the Commonwealth, concluded in January 17, 2019 report that Dominion's Democracy Suite 5.5A voting machine can be safely used by voters at elections and certified the Dominion voting systems in Pennsylvania. Representing Dominion in that process was Jessica Bowers, Director of Certification for Dominion, who then went on to work at the EAC. In addition to Pennsylvania, Bowers appears to have been responsible for the implementation of Dominion systems into a number of other states, including California, Colorado, Nevada, and Tennessee. So this woman was working on the ground in Colorado also. I bet you Jessica Bowers is on a first name basis with uh, with uh, Jenna Griswold. Do you think so? Jenna Griswold probably looks at Jessica Bowers. She goes, hey, mommy, do you want to come certify my election machines? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, guys. I'm just saying I'm not spraying. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Good Lord, just this is just too much, guys. <laughs> this is just too much. What do, what do we got coming up here? I don't think I got a graphic for the next story. Hold on. <laughs> you see, I have to put these graphics together. Okay, it's another Dominion one. Boo. Yeah, there we go. That'll work. Okay, next story, guys. So there you go, Dominion. This is all about, we're talking about Dominion, right? We're talking about Dominion right now. So here's something else that comes out of, uh, oh, let me get this back on the screen also. Okay, cool. All right, so we're talking about uh, we're talking about Dominion. We're talking about this voter fraud. We're talking about the Cyber Forensic Audit Symposium. Uh, I just made a very long title out of that. It's a cyber symposium. I'm <laughs> all the cyber, cyber sonic forensics audit symposium. Anyways, so um, <clears throat> this news I'm going to share with you now was also breaking as of today. I didn't break it. I'm just sharing it. Okay. Now, um, this came from, uh, this actually came during the cyber symposium from Steve Bannon's war room. Okay. So like I said, uh, not many independent, uh, conservative and or patriotic and or right, uh, side, um, journalist agencies, reporters, whatever are covering the cyber symposium, which is apparently now concluded, right? Uh, but Steve Bannon's war room, he's been there since day one. He's been, he's been doing his shows live from the event, you know, so at least it's getting some coverage. So on Bannon's war room today, uh, they had information breaking in regards to evidence, you know, receipts, the actual receipts of um, the Dominion machines having connectivity to Wi-Fi during the election day processes. Okay, so this was actually pretty big. This is actually pretty big. Okay, um, so we had apparently a brave whistleblower stepping forward and sharing an image of a computer that was used at the TCF Center to pr process absentee ballots from a recent Detroit selection. So, yep, this is taking us back to Michigan, guys. And you know who's going to be at the head of this? It's going to be Matthew DePerno. 
That's going to be the um, constitutional lawyer who's been fighting for election audits and integrity in Antrim County, Michigan and abroad. Okay. So a uh, whistleblower comes forward. They done got their receipts. Okay. Now, apparently now Dominion said these machines don't connect to the internet. Right. But then apparently they're supposed to be on airplane mode. Uh, if you're going to put uh, if you're going to put any kind of electronics on an airplane mode, that means obviously it has some internet connectivity, right? Okay, but apparently they were not on airplane mode. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, don't say. So here's the image that was released by the whistleblower. Clearly showing that during this process, they were connected to the internet. Okay, so it says here, City of Detroit connected, AV connect, Challenger admin connected, Challenger check-in connected. Uh, Conti HTE secured, secured. So look, the networks and settings, these were the computers that they were showing it off of. That was uh, a bit of their information in regards to the actual machines there at the CTF center having internet connectivity. Okay. Um, and so that was the image they shared. So apparently they shared this image with some Michigan state senators, such as Patrick Kolbeck, who explained that uh, to you to that the image could have been an internal network, but definitely vulnerable to devices of proximity. So even even uh, the senators there in Michigan were saying, "Look, I mean, it, it might not have been what you think it was, but definitely because it is connected to the internet, that could that could provide some vulnerability to the entire system." It said, um, and so. Uh, that that is basically what Matthew DePerno was bringing to the table here. Um, now, in June 2021, Matthew DiPerno posted a series of tweets where he explained how the election management system was remotely and successfully logged into anonymously on two different dates. So if you guys remember, they Matthew DiPerno, not only did he show us how these machines flip votes, but he also showed us how they can connect to the Internet and he had logs to prove that they had been remotely accessed. Okay, remotely accessed. So who knows? Maybe Michigan and uh, Georgia will decertify before they do their audits because they have the evidence and they have the proof. Okay, they don't. They have enough reasonable doubt to decertify, and then they can do their audits. That's what I think is going to happen. I'm not saying that's the way it's going to be. I am fallible, but I'm just saying. Uh, that's kind of, I think that would be an interesting scenario to play out as is. Now, <clears throat> this is what Mr. DePerno said in his tweets. He said, one, the Antrim County election management system was remotely and successfully logged into anonymously on November 5th, 2020 at 5.55 p.m. And again on November 17th, 2020 at 5.16 p.m. He says, two. Those dates are significant because they correspond directly to the dates the county and the Secretary of Snakes were trying to correct the intentional computer problems that subverted the election. These logons appear to have escalated privileges at the time of logon, again, remotely. Four. I don't know what happened to number three, but here's number four. We were told there was no internet connection. We were told there was no remote access. We were told this was human error. All lies. This is fraud. 
This decertifies the Antrim County election. Secretary of Snakes Jocelyn Benson should resign or she should be impeached. And I totally agree with those sentiments. Why don't we listen to Mr. Bannon and Mr. DiPerno about this very situation? A lot of other guests are going to bump those tonight, but in a, a big rally in New Hampshire, we're going to talk about about the about getting to the bottom of a full forensic audit. But I got to go to a superstar in Michigan, Matt DiPerno. Matt, thank you for hanging in here. I follow you closely on what's going on. Get our get our audience up to date. There's new developments coming up in Michigan directly tied to you. Hopefully, we one day we'll get a full forensic audit. Give us the update of what's going on in Michigan, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Steve. I appreciate it. Uh, the two things we put out late last evening. Um, two uh, new uh, reports that came out. One shows that uh, there was, we've proved now that there was direct access to the Antrim County election management system uh, because we show on November 5th, we can see it in the forensic images, that an anonymous user uh, logged onto the EMS remotely with escalated privileges and made changes to the, uh, uh, the database um, when they were trying to retabulate the election. Uh, so that's one huge, huge development uh, because now we prove that the uh, machines were remotely accessed. And more importantly, they were remotely accessed by an anonymous user who had elevated privileges in the system. Uh, that is uh, pretty damning for the uh, the, the non-forensic uh, uh, reviewers out there, people who do not want a forensic audit. And the other thing, probably is equally explosive, um, everyone's seen ballots before, like these ballots here. Um, uh, on the side of the ballot, there's these uh, black boxes. There's 59 black boxes on the side of the ballot. Um, we now see within the forensic images that in Antrim County, um, those uh, blocks, blocks 15, 18, 28, 41, and 44, were all intentionally modified. The height and the width, the shape of those blocks were intentionally modified in order to generate errors what does an error do? In this case, by modding, modifying those specific blocks, they were able to cause rejections for Republican ballots. Meaning if you voted for Donald Trump and then put your ballot in the machine, your ballot was rejected at a, at a rate of 20% more than uh, Joe Biden ballots. Well, uh, Matt, uh, we got a bounce. I just got a question because we've been, we've been following you since shortly after November 3rd. Do you believe you and others can make a case to the Senate, the Republican-controlled Senate in Michigan, that you need to have a full forensic audit and obviously a re-canvassing and a, and a drill down on the machines in Michigan to get to the bottom of what really happened on the 3rd of November 2020? Do you believe you can make that case? Oh, absolutely. If they would allow us to come and talk to them, they refuse to let us talk to them because once we talk to them and brief them, once they see my two volumes of evidence, there's no way they can unsee it. Uh, but right now they've refused to talk to us, but we're getting closer. We've so far sent 3,500 affidavits to the Michigan Senate demanding a forensic audit. So how can this audience, this audience is, the power of this audience comes, it's an activist audience, it's once agency, it's used its human agency. We've got about a minute and a half left. How can this audience support you and the other patriots in Michigan to force the Senate to do their duty and to call for a special session and have a uh, full forensic audit in Michigan. What do you need this audience to do? 
Well, one thing, people can go to my website. There's going to be an affidavit put up there uh, later this afternoon, which is the affidavit that 3,500 people have already signed. They can submit that to the Michigan Senate, or they can call the Michigan Senate. Call uh, leader uh, Mike Shirky, who we've now learned actually has ties to China through his business dealings. Uh, it's unbelievable, but people can call him, uh, demand an audit, uh, an audit, or Senator McBroom um, from Michigan also. They can get a hold of those people, demand an audit from those people, and demand that those two senators sit down and meet with me and look at the evidence we have. Matt, you're a hero and a patriot. You've been grinding on this for months, and I know a lot of it sound, seems thankless, but you've got uh, so many patriots that have your back. You're in their prayers, and uh, just remember, this entire audience and much of the nation supports your work. So thank you very much, and keep grinding, sir. I appreciate you, Steve. All right, guys. So there you have it. That's very exciting to me. Uh, whenever you get uh, someone like Matthew DiPerno and uh, uh, Steve Bannon on the same screen, no, uh, Matthew DiPerno, Man, that is that is a true American hero right there. He's been fighting so hard over in Antrim County, Michigan, and abroad. Like as we found out a few weeks ago, um, you know, uh, Mr. DePerno is part of a bigger team that is planning to bring election integrity to every state that they can. But no doubt they're going to hit the hardest states, the states that were hit the hardest, I should say, first uh, before they bring it to, into everything else. So anyways, guys, that is a quick wrap up on the Cyber Symposium. I'm sure there's some stuff that I missed and uh, we will talk about those as well. Maybe on Monday. Uh, maybe any, because uh, maybe perhaps because tomorrow we have our international episode. Don't forget, guys, we do one day of international news here at the Sea Report. So tomorrow we have our international episode. We'll be talking to you guys. I don't know what we'll be talking to you guys about yet. Um, I have a feeling Brazil might be in the mix, um, but we'll see who else we're going to be talking about. Because uh, right now, basically, a lot of the news that we're facing is COVID lockdown. I don't know if I can tackle the Afghanistan news right now. Uh, I mean, it's important and that is so big, but um, I don't know. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like that's us news. You know what I mean? Like the Afghanistan news is us news because it has to do with Biden and it has to do with the oil fields and it has to do, I mean, you know what I mean? You guys know what I mean, right? Anyways, we'll see what the, uh, what's on tomorrow's agenda uh, in regards to the international news, but as far as the uh, cyber symposium, any wrap ups, perhaps by but perhaps by Monday, uh, all that information will be crystallized, so I can share it with you guys and uh, and let you know um, let you know what was up uh, and what the end result will be, what what all of that is. But um, I'd seen in the chat there, uh, who was it? Was it uh, you, Skeeter Burke, or was it you? Uh, who was it? Was it Skeeter Burke? It might have been Skeeter. Or Tam Growl. It was either Skeeter or Tam. No, Skeeter Burke. Uh, gifting the cookie, by the way, thank you of the cookie as well. Uh, she said in her message, uh, don't forget to mention uh, LindellRecoveryNetwork.com. Uh, so uh, we'll take a few minutes to bring that onto the pay the screen, actually, because I have not heard of this. LindellRecoveryNetwork.org. Um, watch my video to get... So, tell you what guys since i have not heard about this i'm gonna play this real quick and who knows this might be to the benefit of many um but i'm interested in hearing what he has to say so let's just listen to this real quick hello i'm mike lindell 
Welcome to the Lindell Recovery Network. You all know me as the inventor of my pillow, but what you might not know is that for over 30 years, I had many addictions, including crack cocaine. I tried many times and many ways to quit my addictions, including going to meetings, counseling, treatment centers, you name it, I've tried it. Everything I've experienced in my life has helped me to develop the most revolutionary platform for addiction ever. What I'd like you to do to get started is enter your age and your addiction below, and you will see people that have made it through. You're going to see your hope matches. Wow. I did not know this man was doing all of that. That is great. Uh, total props to Mike Lindell. And I'm not just saying that to saying that. I am not just saying that to say that. Uh, there are there are several people in my life that have gone through such circumstances. Some of them have managed to recover. Some of them, I don't know what happened to them. Um, amazing. Thank you, Skeeter Burke, for sharing that with me because uh, maybe I could pass that along to someone. All right, guys. Thank you, Skeeter Burke. Okay. Well, okay. So that's going to wrap up the cyber cyber audits forensic symposium i totally i totally botched that name <laughs> it's the cyber symposium i'm like that wraps up the cyber forensic audit uh, audit symposium <laughs> that's what that was today that was pretty uh it was interesting guys and you know what maybe there was supposed to be some sort of false flag maybe there was supposed to be some sort of i don't know like hooju juju that was gonna like totally destroy this entire symposium from happening but guess what the energies of positivity and love have far outweighed these negative counterbalances and they cannot do it. They're being blocked at every front. Okay, guys, I think, am I sounding too optimistic and naive? This is me, guys. Like, I really believe this. You know, I really believe the forces of light are very much at work behind these people and protecting them. In fact, I was just having a conversation about that uh, earlier with someone about how things could have gone totally sideways at January 6th, false flag riots, and they didn't. And it was for a reason, okay? It was for a reason. Le least of all, our faith in the goodness of man and our love for our country and God, period. Sean Joe, thank you for gifting the cookie as well. And uh, Skeeter Burke, again, thank you for that cookie and for the information. W.C. Cranop, I appreciate you, sir, dropping a ship on uh, the deck. Um, sans swamp creatures. All right. No swamp creatures today. <laughs> You're my evening news. I appreciate you so much. Um, I, I, I enjoy being able to do this for you guys. You guys make this meaningful and, uh, it's because you get it, you know, uh, one, two, three SKG gifting a can. Thank you so much. Book nook gifting a cookie. Love the purple, purple on white. Oh, this was totally like last minute. I was like, what color I'm going to wear today? Uh, thank you. Um, she's wearing uh, tie-dye purple on white. That sounds pretty cool too, Miss uh, Book Nook there. I appreciate the sentiments. Uh, but yes. Okay, cool. Awesome, guys. So let's get on to the rest of our news for today. Let me go ahead and get Mr. Bannon on. <clears throat> now we're gonna Now we're going to take a quick left turn, pun intended. Let's talk a little bit about critical race theory. Okay, so this is actually a victory type of story, okay? You guys want to win, so we'll talk a little bit about some winning. Now, um, critical race theory. 
we talked about this on one of our, we, we did a whole feature on it on one of our episodes. This is not something I spend too much time on because I already feel like acknowledging racism and racists is pretty racist, you know? So, uh, I mean, it is important to note because obviously this is a form of Marxism, a form of communism. It is part of the color revolution. You know, it is part of trying to divide this country at a very, very uh, a basic level of our uh, citizenry, citizenry, you know, at, at the very, uh, very um, root or foundational level, because they started off by teaching it, of course, in colleges and universities. And now we find it in our, you know, kindergarten classes and our primary school classes. Uh, now we find it in businesses who are trying to teach this crap. Now we find it in our um, governmental agencies that are trying to teach this crap. So obviously, it is a deal that needs to be addressed. This is something that we do need to talk about. We just, I refrain from, you know, uh, when the big stuff is coming. Well, something big has happened. As you know, um, Americans all around our country have been fighting against critical race theory for months. Like, since it has become uh, apparent, since it's reared its ugly head, um, people have been extremely vocal, which goes to show the level of understanding and comprehension that our brothers and sisters across this country have in regard to this type of garbage. You know, it, we here are not um, alone when it comes to understanding that this is not good. When we look at all of the um, all of the examples of the people and the citizens and the mothers and the fathers and the sons and the brothers and the uncles standing up to, you know, their legislature, standing up to their school boards, all of that. We are seeing that there is a much broader understanding of exactly what critical race theory is doing to our modern day society. So with that in mind, uh, we'll talk a little bit about it because what has just happened, and this was as of yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, now I take it back, Tuesday, Tuesday evening, uh, the Senate, that's right, the split Senate, nay, basically Democrat-controlled Senate, narrowly passed legislation that is anti-critical race theory. It was a razor-thin vote. The Dems were defeated on this, and now we also have the Dems who did vote against this bill, uh, because, again, this was an anti-critical race theory bill that passed in the Senate. Believe it or not, passed in the Senate. But here's the blessing. Now we know exactly which Democrats are on record for supporting this Marxist propaganda. Okay? So that's a good thing, right? I mean, even if it passed, at least we know what rhinos are supporting it, right? We have to look at it in these ways. So this way we can do something about it, not just get defeated and walk away with our tail between our legs to the sad Christmas Charlie Brown story song. Okay. That's why we, that's the attitude we need to take. Okay. You want to vote for this bill and you want to pass critical race theory? Bring it on. Let's go guy. We'll get you primaried. You're showing us your two colors. You said you were one thing that you are not. So anyways, like I said, this was an anti CRT bill. And it passed in the Senate, okay? 
It was a late night vote on Tuesday. The United States Senate passed an amendment that prohibits federal funds from going into pre-K programs and K through 12 schools that teach critical race theory. Every single Democrat except for one voted against this bill, which passed in the Senate 50 to 49. Um, let's see, the, uh, the senator, the Democrat senator who voted against, I mean, who voted with the conservatives, who voted with the Republicans to pass this anti-CRT bill uh, is a senator from West Virginia by the name of Joe Manchin or Mankin. Joe Mankin. Joe Manchin? I don't know. Anyways, <clears throat> this bill was sponsored by Senator Tom Cotton, of course, who has been one of the leaders in the fight against anti-American propaganda for over a year. Its passage effectively bans critical race theory from being taught in schools until after 12th grade when students are free to pay for the indoctrination themselves. I like that. I like that. Here is the bill from Senator Tom Cotton. We'll take a look at that real quick. So we can say we've seen it with our own eyes. Amendment to stop critical race theory in pre-K and K through 12. K through 12 schools and even pre-kindergarten programs across the country are employing curricula, trainings, and other materials inspired by critical race theory. These materials encourage educators to teach age-inappropriate concepts to children and to treat them differently on the basis of race in violation of federal civil rights law. This amendment by Senator Tom Cotton would prohibit federal funds from being used to promote CRT or to compel individuals to affirm CRT in pre-K programs and K-12 schools. This amendment will ensure that federal tax dollars are never abused to promote critical race theory in our schools. Examples of critical race theory in pre-K and K through 12, a program called Head Start, which administers federally funded pre-K programs for children from birth to age five, hosted anti-racist webinars claiming that no child is too young to talk about race and that teachers should consciously attempt to raise resistors. The webinar made dubious and divisive claims about racism in infants and toddlers, example given that by 30 months age, most children use race to choose their playmates. That's disgusting. That's saying that by the age of 30 months, these kids are racist and saying that they don't want to play with kids because of their skin. That doesn't sound to me like a child's problem. It sounds to me like a toddler's problem. That sounds to me like a problem with some, I don't know, anal retentive soy girl or soy boy who was not popular in school and uh, was beaten by their mom. Anyways, okay, so it says here, and that expressions of racial prejudice often peak at ages four and five. In April, the Biden administration issued new priorities for the American history and civics education programs that pressured educators to include CRT-inspired proposals in grant applications. Under pressure, the administration made these priorities optional. At least 30 school districts across 15 states have assigned a critical race theory-inspired book, Not My Idea, a book about whiteness, which depicts whiteness as the devil, luring children with the promise of stolen land and stolen riches. 
That is disgusting. So that is from Senator Tom Cotton in regards to this anti-CRT bill, which did make it past the uh, state of uh, the Senate there at Washington, D.C. Now, earlier in the day, uh, Senator Tom Cotton published this expla explanatory document. Now, um, from the document, we can see that 30 schools across uh, 15 states have assigned this kind of garbage to their students. Um, and uh, I, think, I think it's a pretty good thing to see that we have this happening, even though most of the Democrats signed on. I mean, obviously, most of the Democrats signed on to it. 49 Democrats are on record for supporting this type of modern-day racism that is being taught to our innocent children. In fact, here are those Democrats. Why not call them out, right, ladies and gentlemen? Why not call them out, okay? I don't see anyone here from Texas, which is fine. Uh, Baldwin, Bennett, Blumenthal, Booker, of course, Booker, Brown, Cantwell, Cardin, Carper, Casey, Coons, Cortez Masto, I mean, Schumer, the list goes on, Feinstein, Gillibrand, Stabin now. Uh, let me see if What's-Her-Face is on here. Hirono, oh, I cannot stand Hirono. If you guys know anything about me, it's I can't stand Hirono. Warnock. Warnock's on here. Yeah, I mean, these are all racist. Sanders, of course. Rosen, of course. Murphy. Yeah, they're all racist. All of them are racist. Call them out. You tell them. Tell them they're not wanted here. You go up to them. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, guys. So that's about that. That's a good victory right there. Let's talk about ranked choice voting. Ranked choice voting. Some of you guys might remember we mentioned this in a story probably about a month to a month and a half ago happening over. It was, uh, you guys remember whenever um, it had come out during the New York primary? Was it for Mayoral? Was it Mayoral primary? Um, that. Uh, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on there and they had miscounted. There was like 13, 1300 or 13,000 um, um, test votes that were left in the machine. And so it threw the numbers off and it was a scandal and all the Democrat, it was a Democrat primary and they were all fighting with each other. Well, what would been happening is they had the first time that they were using ranked choice voting in the state of New York. Okay, so what is ranked choice voting? Because we're seeing this is starting to pop up in other places. Now, <clears throat> uh, what we what we typically see when it comes to voting is um, is the plurality voting system, which I guess is the technical term for how we vote right now. Plurality voting system. In the plurality voting system, most votes win, yet the majority of voters did not vote for the winner. Okay, so. Anyways, so what the plurality—that's what we do. The plurality system, you know, everyone casts a vote for who they want, and then the most votes win. Now, in the ranked choice voting system, okay, what you have here, and as we see on this uh, example here, you are given your three candidates, and then you choose which candidate you would want 
uh, first, second, and third choice. So my first choice is candidate, in this case, it's B. My second choice is candidate A. My third choice is candidate C. Okay, so you actually rank your candidates, okay? Who you would want if you could have it, who you would take if you couldn't, who's the next best one, and on down the line, okay? Not going to be fun if you have 13 to 20 candidates voting in a single position, I guarantee it. But this is act an actual way of voting that does take place in some states and in some municipalities. Now, in the case of three candidates winning candidate A earns, say candidate A earns, say candidate B earns 100 points, 100 votes, and uh, candidate A receives 90 votes, and candidate C receives 80 votes. Okay, so with all of that, you have a total of 170 votes, but your winning, can your winning candidate is going to be candidate B, right? First choice, candidate B. They received 100 votes. Candidate A received 80 votes. Candidate C received 70 votes, all right? In a plurality system, the clear winner is B, okay? That's who it goes to because they received the most votes, okay? Under ranked choice voting, voters rank candidates in order of choice. The candidate with the fewest votes after the first count is removed from consideration. So in this example, candidate C was uh, with the lowest voting voter voting vote getter and they're no longer in the race. So now you have between candidate A and candidate B. Now the second choice of votes who picked up the losing candidate is then counted, okay? So candidate C didn't receive a lot of votes, but say candidate C was the, the candidate C was a top choice for uh, for some voters, right? Receiving 70 votes. But say if candidate C had 70 votes in toto, and the next choice was candidate A, okay, and then candidate B, because of the fact that candidate A received 80. And, and then the second choice by candidate C voters was candidate A. They then have 130 compared to candidate B's 100. So guess who wins? Candidate A, not candidate B. Boy, isn't that some headache right there? I don't, I don't want to ever go under ranked choice voting. Like that sounds like a nightmare. Okay. Um, so, and the whole point of this is because in, in some places people are like, well, I didn't want candidate A. I mean, isn't there a way that we could have had our person? So through ranked choice voting, it's no, it's no longer about who receives the most votes. It's about who cumulatively in the collective receives the most votes. Not, uh, I don't know if I really agree with that. I don't think I do at all. But anyways, the whole reason why I brought up this 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 uh, convoluted way of voting <laughs> is because someone in the Pennsylvania legislature has recently introduced a bill to change their voting plurality voting system into ranked choice voting. I mean, that was a headache, wasn't it, guys? So a Pennsylvania Democrat has introduced a plan to change the state election code to require ranked choice voting in some Pennsylvania elections. This would be uh, state representative Christopher Rabs. 
And this legislation would include all local and county elections, such as the mayor, township supervisor, county commissioner, uh, magisterial district judge, and judge of the Court of Common Pleas, among other positions. Federal and statewide elections, such as a president and vice president of the United States, United States senator and governor, would still be decided through the current voting system. So uh, I guess they're making a move to change it in that direction. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to hold, but uh, I just, that's so confusing to me, guys. Like, this is why New York went upside down, beside the fact that they had all of these test ballots still being counted in their uh, their very own election there. So uh, I don't know. The name of this bill is House Bill 1775, and it was recently introduced into the House and referred to the Republican-led state government committee. A candidate might say to a voter, if your candidate doesn't win, can I get you on the second choice? <laughs> that's one way. I mean, I guess that's a smart way to do it. They'll be like, if you don't pick me, can you at least pick me second? right? Because there's always a chance that they could win in a ranked choice voting system. And it can definitely uh, elevate candidates who are able to connect with other voters from both major parties. Oh, that's some strategy there, guys. I don't know. That is some strategy, but that is a headache if you ask me. I don't know about that, guys, but I'll stick with my plurality. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have heard this one, I'm sure. Uh, but now you're going to hear all three minutes and 37 seconds of it. Because uh, I tell you what, Dr. Paul has been trying to come onto this, stream, this screen for the last two or three days. And it seems like every time he pops up, we're not able to get to this video. So let's go ahead and listen to this real quick. This is for everyone out there. If you couldn't tell... We're about to get into some COVID stories tonight, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for us to resist. They can't arrest all of us. They can't keep all of your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed, although I've got a long list of ones they might keep closed or might ought to keep closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. Nancy Pelosi, you will not arrest or stop me or anyone on my staff from doing our jobs. We have either had COVID, had the vaccine, or been offered the vaccine. We will make our own health choices. We will not show you a passport. We will not wear a mask. We will not be forced into random screenings and testings so you can continue your drunk with power reign over the Capitol. President Biden, we will not accept your agency's mandates or your reported moves towards a lockdown. No one should follow the CDC's anti-science mask mandates. And if you want to shut down federal agencies again, some of which aren't even back to work yet, I will stop every bill coming through the Senate with an amendment to cut their funding if they don't come back to work in person. Local bureaucrats and union bosses, we will not allow you to do more harm to our children again this year. Children are not at any more risk from COVID than they are from the seasonal flu. Every adult who works in schools has either had the vaccine or had their chance to get vaccinated. There is no reason for mask mandates, part-time schools, or any lockdown measures. Children are falling behind in school and are being harmed physically and psychologically by the tactics 
that you have used to keep them from the classroom during the last year, we won't allow it again. If a school system attempts to keep children from full-time in-person school, I will hold up every bill with two amendments, one to defund them and another to allow parents the choice of where the money goes for their child's education. Do I sound fed up to you? That's because I am. I'm not a career politician. I practiced medicine for 33 years. I graduated from Duke Medical School. I've worked in emergency rooms. I've studied immunology and virology, and I ultimately chose to become an eye surgeon. I've been telling everyone for a year now that Dr. Fauci and other public health bureaucrats were not following the science, and I've been proven right time and time again. But I'm not the only one who is fed up. I can't go anywhere these days without people coming up and thanking me for standing up for them, whether I'm at work or at events in Kentucky, at airports, in restaurants, or in stores. People thank me for taking a stand. They thank me for standing up for actual science, for standing up for freedom, for standing against mandates, lockdowns, and bureaucratic power grabs. I think the tide is turning as more and more people are willing to stand up. I see stories from across the country of parents standing up to the unions and school boards. I see brave moms standing up and saying, my kids need to go back to school in person. I see members of Congress refusing to comply with petty tyrant Pelosi. We are at a moment of truth and a crossroads. Will we allow these people to use fear and propaganda to do further harm to our society, economy, and children? <laughs> Or will we stand together and say, absolutely not. Not this time. I choose freedom. That's right. That's right, Rand Paul. Here. It's time for us to... Let's put him back on the screen. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, Senator Dr. Paul. Now, as we're seeing here plain and clearly, ladies and gentlemen... This man is in a most civil manner calling for civil disobedience. All right. We're at that point, ladies and gentlemen. Now, back in like, I don't know, was it June of 2020? Maybe July, but I feel like it'll stick around more like May or June. My mantra was masks off, masks off, masks off, masks off. And then my city slapped us down into a hard lockdown and said that the uh, hospitals were completely uh, filled to the brim with dying COVID patients. But this is, this is, uh, we're, we're finally getting to that point, ladies and gentlemen. We're finally getting to that point, okay? Where, wherein civil disobedience will be required. Are we talking about rioting? Obviously not. You know, our people have more class than that. But to have the guts to go out there without a mask, you know, uh, that's just one piece of the problem. And that's just one, that's just one answer to the solution. Let's say it that way. Um, the, the, the sordid topic of the vaccination. Okay. Now, obviously, that is different for everybody. And we as respectable and civil people have to respect others' decisions in regards to that vaccine. Obviously, that's a given. But at what point, because you know you have, you have those diehards out there, at what point 
do we um, allow them to continue? You know, like the whole reason why I played this Ron Paul segment, or Ron Paul, this Rand Paul segment is because I'm going to share with you some stories that are happening now in the United States of America. And while these stories may not be reflective as the harsh draconian lockdowns, the overreach of government, the big brother boot in the face that we're seeing happening in Paris, in Australia, in New Zealand, you know, and uh, that was that was a topic I'd considered covering for tomorrow as well. How in France they are now they now have law enforcement going up to people and asking them to show them their papers, their vaccine papers, you know. I can just imagine that there are certain people of a certain age from a, that that the the um, the prime of their of specific years in their life to see this type of activity taking place right now must be a nightmare. It must be a nightmare to see this happening here and now in in the world in whatever country that they're in, but also in these United States of America. Because it's gonna, it's it's gonna be happening in San Francisco. Report: San Francisco to require papers for many indoor activities. Let's go ahead and bring this mask mandate up onto the screen, as we're talking about these mandates and the law, right? From San Francisco, San Francisco to require vaccine papers for many indoor activities. Show us your papers. And and I don't understand how Gavin Gruesome Newscum could even think to imagine that he will be reelected or he will be safe. When one of his own cities it might be SJW, it might be Soy Boy, it might be Globalist, but they're going to move forward with these mandates. And, and it's not like they're just mandating. Personally, I don't see anything wrong with mandating, but, you know, it, uh, pun intended, but it's not like they're just going to be mandating for people to have a vaccine. I mean, it's already one level of authoritarianism where you don't give people the right to the sanctity of their own vessel, you know, and you take that away from them. You're telling them that they are no longer sovereign. They have no control. They have no say so in their own body, their own vessel, their own being. Okay. But then to have a patrol that goes out there and requires that you have a vaccine passport, or you show your papers, that is definitely the, that is definitely the spit on the bottom of the boot that's in their face. Okay. It's kind of what I'm saying. Like you got the boot on your face, but as long as that boots on your face, you may as well spit on them also, because that's basically what this is. San Francisco will mandate proof of full coronavirus vaccination for various indoor activities such as restaurants, bars, and gyms, according to a report released today. The San Francisco Chronicle saith, 
Many bars and restaurants around San Francisco have already taken it upon themselves to ask patrons to show their vaccination cards before they enter. The process has largely gone well, restaurateurs say. Um, Mayor London Breed plans to announce a citywide requirement Thursday morning. This month, New York City became the first city to announce that it would require proof at least of one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine for indoor activities. That mandate takes effect on August 16th. San Francisco's requirements will go a step further with a full dosage requirement. Now, that kind of makes me wonder, you know, ladies and gentlemen, um, about exactly, because this isn't going to, this is not going to happen in Texas. I can tell you for a fact, they are going to try it. It's not going to happen. Like this will not happen in Texas. Mark my words, this will not happen in Texas. There's no way. There's no way that something like this will happen in my home state, period. Point blank, period. But it makes me think about, think about that hypothetical question, because we're talking about civil resistance. We're talking about setting an example. We're talking about not going along with these draconian authoritarian tactics, right? Say you have that hypothetical individual who has a forged COVID-19 vaccine card. How does, I mean, yeah, you're bucking the system by having a forged COVID-19 vaccine card, but it kind of shows that you're still going along with the system. So I wonder how people like that would handle that. We won't have to worry about that here in Texas, but if you're over there in California, I mean, I don't know. Integrity comes to mind, but I don't know, guys, that, that, it's a hypothetical, of course. Like, we're just saying that hypothetically speaking. Just curious off the top of my mind. But anyways, um, let's see here. Uh, the report comes after San Francisco and six uh, six other Bay Area communities. Uh, sorry, not communities. Six other Bay Area counties announced earlier this August that they are reinstating mask mandates for all indoor public settings as part of an effort to combat the surge in cases of the coronavirus Delta, Schmelta, Echo, Foxtrot, Lambda, um, I don't know, Oedipus, XYZ variant. There's going to be every, there's going to be a variant for every letter in the alphabet. Um, again, it says here, New York previously announced that uh, will it will soon require proof of coronavirus vaccinations for individuals who seek to dine indoors. <clears throat> And to attend a performance, uh, the new requirement, which will be phased in over several weeks in August and September, is the most aggressive step the city has taken yet to curb a surge in cases caused by the Delta, Lambda, Echo, Foxtrot, Millennial variant. People will have to show proof they have had at least one vaccine. It's time to resist as... Uh, Senator Dr. Rand Paul said, and quite frankly, to be quite frank, to be quite frank, not to be quite frankly, um, perhaps if we had taken those masks off to begin with, we would not be at this point. 
Just saying. Just saying. Uh, uh, a little bit of other news in regards to these mandates. Uh, we did have a mandate coming forward in Pennsylvania. No, sorry, in uh, Washington State. In Washington State, where they are facing forced vaccine mandates. Um, now, this uh, ignited a protest on Wednesday when the leftist Marxist Governor Jay Inslee um, forced vaccine mandates for local health care systems. And uh, these mandates are set to take place on August 31st. Now, the state deadline for employees to be fully vaccinated is August 31st, unless they have a qualified medical exemption. Right now, it is said... Um, 80% of their caregivers are vaccinated, but they need to do more. That's according to uh, KTPV Fox 12. Now, in Vancouver, Washington, Peace Health, another health systems, healthcare system, stated that any unvaccinated caregivers must submit to regular testing. In other words, giving them a higher percentage of actually catching COVID and additional masking and probable reassignment to non-patient care. So they will go on from being a hands-on patient care employee to probably doing like, I don't know, janitorial and uh, administrative duties. After the announcement from the local health system, more than 100 Peace Health employees, family members, and other local healthcare workers gathered in Vancouver, Washington, Saturday to protest the requirement, saying they should have a choice in the matter. Many of those in attendance said that they wanted to give informed consent as patients do. So in other words, if our patients have the right to informed consent, why don't we as health employees? Now, Washington residents joined protests happening in Tennessee and Kentucky on Tuesday over school mask mandates and forced vaccinations. Another registered nurse uh, Kentucky in, uh, in Kentucky named Darlene Miller told WLWT5NBC, it's not about the vaccine. There's plenty of people here who have had the vaccines and there's plenty of people who haven't. And the choice should be yours to make without being threatened with your job. So that's basically, for some of these people, that's what it's boiling down to. And that's, some of, that's one of the arguments that people are not realizing out there in the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media. And that is that there are plenty of people, even in this community, who are not anti-vaccine. They are anti-no choice. You know, they're anti-no choice when it comes to getting this vaccine. Like, no one should be told, and you guys know this, I'm pe preaching to the choir, but no one should be told that they do not have the right to say no to someone putting something in their body. It's like they're being raped. I mean, if a woman's being raped, what is she trying to prevent? Something being stuck into her body. So how is this any different? You know, uh, whatever's being stuck into that woman's body could give them AIDS or any other kind of disease. Death, you know? And, and here we have people wanting to stick us with a little prick and, and say it's okay. No, the choice is ours. Our body, our choice, right? I don't want to sound like a, uh, I don't want to sound like a soy boy SJW, but my body, my choice, right? <laughs> I'm not going to do the soy boy smile. Sorry, guys, too bad. You ain't going to get that out of me. All right. Anyways, last story in regards to this whole COVID conundrum thing. Uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, they are also mandating employees get the jab to wear two masks. 
Uh, Philadelphia has mandated city employees get either vaccinated or they wear two masks. So in other words, if you don't get the little prick, then you have to suffocate. (laughs) If you don't get the little prick, you have to suffocate. Uh, And this is going to start for them in September 1, on September 1st. The city has also mandated businesses require masks for or proof of vaccination for patrons and employees, which become effective today at midnight. So as of today, they have mandated businesses require masks. Can you believe that? The city of Philadelphia has mandated businesses require masks or or that they have to show their papers. This is just like San Francisco. Even in the city of Philadelphia, this is an overreach. How can a city mandate a privately owned business to force them to show papers or to wear masks? I'll tell you how they did it. It goes back down to their city council members. It goes back down to their mayor, okay? Because... The mayor could tell them, okay, this might be what the CDC mandates. This might be what the state wants. This might be what the federal government wants, but we're going to override that. And if the judicial decides that they want to try and push this on the people and they want to try and charge them, well, we'll just, we'll just nullify those charges. It goes, that's why the, that's why the fight is in our backyards, guys. That's why the fight is here. Okay. Not in Washington, D.C., not in South Dakota. Our fight is here because it is the people that get elected to our city councils that ultimately make these decisions to follow what the CDC is saying. And I know it's different from every state to every municipality, to every city, to every township. Okay. But it is exactly that, ladies and gentlemen. If we have constitutional, logically thinking, People serving on our city councils, serving as our town elders, whatever you want to call them, aldermen, assemblymen, councilmen, whatever they are to whomever you are, they are the ones that will buck this at the current. They will buck this at the tide. And that's why it boils back down to our own backyards. We have to take care of it in our own backyards because ultimately... The federal, go- the federal government can't come in if the state opposes. The state can't come in if the city, township, or municipality opposes. We have to take back that power. And it's disgusting to see that a city like San Francisco or a city like Philadelphia have mandated to their businesses that you have to have a mask or you have to show your papers. And this, my friends, is where we really need to have that civil disobedience. If I mean, like I said, I don't see this as being a problem in Texas. I don't see this as being a problem in Texas at all. But for all of our friends and all of our brothers and sisters who are living in these states where this is happening, I would say pray for them. Pray for them to have the strength to not wear the masks and walk into that store. Pray for them to have the strength to organize with their friends and family and take off those masks and walk into those stores. Pray for them to have the strength to resist. Pray for them to have the strength to have uh, a, a spirit of civil disobedience. 
Pray for them to have the strength to congregate, unite, and come together and show those businesses what's up. Pray for them to have the strength to go to their city councils. Pray for them to have the strength to contact their local legislatures. Pray for them to have the strength to spread the word because in other states in this union, this is far more detrimental than what we're seeing in states like mine. Here in Texas, we'll come together, we'll do this, but I'm sorry, it's not going to get as bad as what we're seeing in San Francisco or Philadelphia. It's not. So I would say we should pray for our brothers and sisters and our family and our friends and our and, and these states that are hardly so that they can have the strength. We need to help them have the strength. And I'm not saying that they don't. I know that they do, but everyone can use a little bit of that, that, that prayer energy. Everyone can use a little bit of that uplifting. Everyone can use a little bit of those positive vibes, you know, or, or to, to, to wish incitement or to wish, you know, some type of discernment or some kind of opening or awakening or some aha moment that will help those who are fighting against this to move forward and really show their locals and their localities and their states and their cities that they're not going to put up with this. Okay. I'm blessed that I don't have to deal with this in the state of Texas. And I'm, and that doesn't mean anything for me, but pray for those who have jobs on the line, pray for them to find another job, pray for them to be able to stay employed and take care of their family, pray for them to be able to, uh, to, to, to still be able to, to support themselves in the light. And don't forget guys. I mean, I've slammed and closed so many doors without knowing what was going to happen in my life. And I still find myself in a position that, I could, I, it could be worse than where I am, you know, and I'm not saying that people should just throw away 10 or 20 years of, of work experience or of, of uh, seniority, but for some people, that's what it is going to come down to. For some people, that is what it is going to come down to. I mean, it is, and, and that's just being real. That's just being real. A hundred percent. That's just being real. But hopefully, with the strength of our collective resolve, the doors that you might close, something or someone will open a new door for you to walk into that security that you might need or requires. All I'm saying, like, because the time has come. <laughs> the time has come to talk of other things. <laughs> Of ships and shoes and sealing wax of cabbages, not cannibals, and kings. Okay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Last story for tonight. And we'll wrap up the sea report. And we will wrap up the sea report. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Sorry, I did not mean to go off onto that. Kind of a little bit of a tangent there. Um, let me see. What do I got for you? Boom! Who is that on the screen? Well, that's none other than Sephraniah Johnson. Sephraniah Johnson of the Democrat Party of Texas. Sephraniah Johnson. 
anyways, I just felt like saying Sephraniah Johnson. Okay. Uh, okay. So here's a quick story from Texas. Now, uh, we'll probably go over this a little bit more in depth on Saturday on Lone Star News. Don't forget, we do Lone Star News every Saturday, myself and the Texan. Um, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what's going on in Texas politics and current events. But just thought I should share this with you guys because this is just an interesting story. Now, you guys all know about the runaway Dems, right? The runaway Dems. So they go up to Washington, D.C. They're trying to run away. They're trying to stifle legislation from happening uh, to push election integrity laws in the state of Texas. Did you know that these guys actually sued Greg Abbott for like mental anguish? <laughs> these guys actually sued the state of Texas for mental anguish because they were scared and they were paranoid that they were going to get arrested. And I guess maybe something about defamation and etc. Well, what, what, what the heck are these guys thinking that they're going to sue? They're going to make taxpayers pay for their mental health bills, right? Because they're over there. They're over there paranoid and full of angst because they might get arrested. Sephraniah Johnson might get arrested. She's full of angst here now. Sephraniah Johnson is like, this is so stupid. Okay. Like, oh my God. Fisher Martinez, you get your ass back to the state of Texas right now and you do your damn job, Trey. That's my representative. I'm pissed off at that mofo. He needs to get his ass back here. And we're not going to pay for your damn whiny crybaby bills because it is in the state constitution that your ass can get arrested and you will be brought back to the Capitol and they can put chains on the doors and they can make you work until you say yay or nay. Okay, that's all there is to it. All there is to it, Trey Fisher Martinez, state representative for Mr. C. Get your ass back to Texas right now. Okay, so, so, uh, okay, not only did these guys, not only did these guys sue the state of Texas and Governor Abbott for mental anguish and distress uh, because they're afraid they're going to get arrested. Look at her. Look at this hot. Look at this walrus. I'm Sephraniah Johnson, and I'm afraid that I'm going to get arrested, and I think that the Texans should pay for it. The Texans should pay for my mental anguish because the governor threatened my ass with arrest and it smells. Anyway, sorry, guys. I'm getting a little out of hand right now. The show's almost over. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Sephraniah Johnson, whatever. Okay. So as I was saying, not only did these guys, not only did these guys um, sue Greg Abbott because uh, they have mental anguish, um, we also had a judge in the city of Austin, go figure, city of Austin's the liberal armpit of uh, Texas. I've heard some more colorful, colorful phrases for the city of Austin, okay? But we'll stay with the liberal armpit on the sea report because this is a family show, right? Anyways, so um, a judge from the city of Austin uh, puts an injunction against Greg Abbott because Greg Abbott uh, is, you know, he's, he, they act, they actually issued, they finally actually issued the arrest warrants. It went to Speaker Dade and Speaker Dade went to the Sergeant at Arms and 52 arrest warrants were issued for these Democrats. So, booyah! 
What have I been saying? I've been saying for the last couple of weeks. Let's see if they do it. Let's see if Speaker Day does it. Let's see if they go to the sergeant at arms. Let's see if they're actually going to issue these arrest warrants. Well, the second special session went into session on Saturday, August 7th at 12 noon. Exactly when the first special session ended. Oh, I love it. Okay. Oh, I love it. Okay. So, and they actually, they actually issued 52 arrest warrants. They are wanted, ladies and gentlemen. They are criminally wanted. They are in dereliction and abandonment of their jobs, and they should be replaced. They should be removed from their seats. Sephaniah Johnson and Trey Fisher Martinez and all the other Democrats that went and flew the coop and decided not to do the job that they were hired and elected to do. Okay? All right. Very good. So we have this injunction being filed against Greg Abbott so that they can, the, basically the judge of Austin was saying, you cannot arrest them. He's like, I'm from the city of Austin. I'm a liberal judge. You cannot arrest them. BS. The Texas Supreme Court blocked in your face. The Texas Supreme Court blocked the ruling from this liberal judge in the city of Austin that protected the Democrat lawmakers from being arrested. Ha! Sephaniah Johnson, I think you have a lot of reasons to have angst right now because you thought that your pseudo-civil uh, rights movement, I want to be a Martin Luther King bullshit, sorry guys, was going to get you to the mountaintop. But it's not. It's not. Reuters reports... The Texas Supreme Court on Tuesday blocked a rule protecting state Democrat lawmakers from arrest after they went to Washington to avoid a quorum as state Republicans attempt to pass voting restriction measures in uh, Washington, D.C. And again, Texas Governor Abbott vowed to arrest more than 50 Democrats um, who left the state on July 12th, denying the state House of Representatives a quorum required to approve the voting limits and other measures in his special session. Now, uh, this uh, judge from Austin, his name was Brad Yerusha. He had a, a temporary restraining order and it was turned down by the Texas State Supreme Court. Great news. So I guess we'll see what happens now because we do know for a fact that in this special section, they will be talking about uh, quorum uh, rules and regulations. So that could change. We don't know. Uh, in the beginning of the new session, they, they may also talk about um, um, rules and regulations for people who vacate their seats for more than seven days or 14 days. So it may come to pass that uh, in the state of Texas, if you decide to abandon your post for more than seven days, you are summarily removed and replaced so that they can't pull these shenanigans again. They can't pull these shenanigans again. And they only did it because they knew that they were not going to win. And that's why they hightailed it to Washington, D.C., and they hid under the taint of Kamana Wanalea, what the hell, Harris. At least we're seeing some consequences. Now, um, in regards to the rest of the state of Texas, as we talked about at the head of today's show, uh, we have um, uh, Stephen Toth's bill uh, about uh, forensic audits is 
under consideration. Um, it has not moved forward to, from what I understand. There were other there were other election integrity rules that went forward as of I think yesterday, and that included uh, that included um, uh, more more uh, privileges and protections for poll workers. Uh, that included extended hours during early voting. And I think it also restricted some of the things that had to do with mail-in voting. Those three election integrity things did pass, okay? Those did pass. Now, this forensic audit one has not passed yet, although the Gateway Pundit reported that it did. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Gateway Pundit, but that was not the case, okay? But according to Seth Keschel, Governor Abbott is on board with a full cyber forensic audit in the state of Texas. So God bless, guys. We might see Texas as being one of the first pro-Trump, voted for Trump. Trump won the 2020 election as going in for an audit to verify that election. Here, here, Texas. Let's take it to, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys, that ends today's C report. I enjoyed it, guys. I hope you did too. Let's hop into the chat real quick before we lock it up for tonight. I'll go ahead and release the lottos for you guys while we uh, do a quick chat review. Let's see. What are you guys talking about here before we close up for the night? Let's see. Let's see. Don't be embarrassed, guys. We're not worried and night quill severe with zinc fortified Pedialyte is helping. What the heck was that about? <laughs> I think I just lost that. Are you guys talking about drug prescriptions in the audience? One ounce echinacea, 20 ounce. Ooh, yeah, I like echinacea. I don't get enough of it in my life. Uh, let's see here. WC, what are you talking about, WC? It's a suggestion only found to this to knock. Oh, you guys are talking too much. Oh, not too much, but it's going too fast. Okay, let me go down here. Okay. Ah, uh, you guys are you guys are sharing some uh, valuable knowledge is what it looks like. Let's see. There will be a vaccine for every variant they ate doing Delta now. Yep, that's probably true. Tam Growl, they're doing Delta's vaccine now. MacGyver says viruses typically don't kill. It's the body's reaction to the infection that causes problems, right? Complications of. Totally agree with that. Um, let's see here. Uh, MacGyver viruses like us want to survive. <laughs> If they kill their hosts, they will die. As they mutate, they become less dangerous. That's a fact. Patients also have the right to refuse. Yes, derailing. Um, FMJ 762 by 39 can vouch for efficacy, efficiency as got some into his hands after he suffered something for a few weeks. So far, the people I know that got the jab are okay. That's good. Same here. Um, let's see here. My daughter worked at her hospital all up to this and didn't catch. She too thinks she got it from all the jabbed ones. Texas gal, right? Like at this point, Texas gal, I would be more concerned about getting COVID from people who have been vaccinated. Like that's what I'm concerned about. I'm not concerned about catching it on the natural. I'm concerned about being around people who are vaccinated because they're already freaking making Corona in their blood and in their genes. That's what I'm worried about. Uh, iRobot61 says, my brother got it twice and his immune system is gone. I expect bad news way. I'm so sorry to hear that, iRobot. Prayers and uh, 
good vibes, uh, positive thoughts to your brother. That's terrible. And I heard that it has had immunological uh, effects on certain people. You shouldn't need any damn exemptions. It's no one's business. Tam right, Tam Growl. Anti-guinea pig says derailing. Yeah, we should not, guys. We don't need an exemption. No one can tell us what we're going to put in our body ever, period. <laughs> Aurelius Locke says, keep your prick away from me. <laughs> Is that a shirt that's already created? Because if not, I'll make it the first Mr. C shirt. Keep your prick away from me. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Uh, let me see here. Um, I hole punch, not prick. Shut <laughs> speak uneasy this is a family show okay anyways uh with a picture of fauci holding a needle that's it you guys are funny you guys are funny f the masks they need us more than we need them that's true unfortunately local governments rely on fed money so they are able they abide by what the feds want i know this all too well because of my job mr c says speak and easy and i agree with that like it's a, when it all boils down to is the supplemental income the money the government income and that's why they do what they do and they don't realize that they can break free from that crap like they don't need to do that stuff but i mean it all boils down to who's in that position who's elected and who does the hiring we need some righteous people with integrity in these positions. I tell you what. One, two, three, SKG says we may have to fix Austin. You know, one, two, three, SKG. I hope to be back in Austin someday to be a part of that because I, I, I really enjoyed living in central Texas. I cannot stand San Antonio. And, um, and now that I'm more involved in this process, I would love to go fix Austin. I mean, it almost went red. It was just like, I don't know, the, the South Congress Strip. <laughs> Downtown and the South Congress Strip. That's all that was blue in Austin. The rest was all freaking red. Um, let's see here. Uh, San Francisco is a toilet, literally. Yep, the politicians have just squatted down and crapped on everyone. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got before we close out the night? It's sad to say that many of the people I work with will comply because the majority of them are all sheep. Mm -hmm. Johnson is a puta. <laughs> Can't we just send a one-way ticket to the sun? Philly Q, that reminds me of uh, what movie, what, what book was that? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Oh, well, they don't send them to the sun. They just send them into space, like all the bureaucrats and the hairdressers and things like that. Anyways. Okay, guys, let me go ahead and wrap it up for the night. It looks like you all have been having a fun time. Uh, let's see here. Woohoo! We have a good, uh, uh, we have one good judge here. Uh, let me see who's that. Um, what was that? What was, he said, yes, I said taint. Anyways, okay, guys, let me go ahead and get out of here. You guys have a great night. I'm going to scratch my scratch off now because I want to scratch it too. I mean, let me tell you, like the first whole month, I didn't even know that we could, we as content creators could do scratch offs. So the, the it's not the Mr. She shirt. Are you serious, Aurelius Locke? I can have a keep your prick away from me shirt. Mm, we'll see what's up with that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, disco ball chaser. I don't, we'll save that for offline. I have to fix my hometown. 
Not if my hometown is Austin. If I move to Austin, I'm going to fix Austin. <laughs> I don't got to worry about San Antonio. Anyways, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in to the C-Report tonight. Thank you for keeping the chats lively and engaging and loving one another. Um, and once again, guys, we'll see you tomorrow. Don't forget, we're doing our international news episode tomorrow at 7.30 p.m., and we will also be back for Mr. C in the Dark with special guest Book Nook, Jen K, Canadian Bird, here at midnight, ladies and gentlemen. Midnight, Jen K, Canadian Bird will be on with me. We'll be talking about her show. We'll be talking about Canada. Um, so I can pick some Canadians' brains. And uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes, ladies. I'm sure it's going to be fun. To me, it sounds like it's going to be a great time. So make sure you guys tune in. Um, and, uh, and don't forget guys, if you enjoy the show, spread it around. And also don't forget that you can check out the C report on other places. Like if you, if you ever want to hear us in your headset speakers and you don't have time to like dedicate your eyeballs to a screen, go to anchor.fm slash the C report, or go to any of your favorite podcasting platforms. And the C report will be there for you to subscribe for free and you can listen to the report. Now, at this point, we're about five reports behind, but I'll upload them tonight and we'll get that done. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next time. Until then, have a great evening. Have a great Thursday night. Be blessed. Be safe. And we will see you guys on the flip side. <laughs>